You are listening to the TJRS Radio Network. The serious side of the J. Rao Show is coming up next right here on the TJRS Radio Network online radio at its best. You are listening to the TJRS Radio Network. No more, it's none of my business. No more, I'm sure they'll work it out. No more, boys will be boys. No more, I'll say something next time. No more, why didn't she tell anyone? No more, she was flirting with him. No more, she's too smart to let that happen. No more, not my problem. No more, he didn't mean it. No more, why doesn't she just leave? No more, he said he was sorry. No more, she was drunk. No more, she was asking for it. No more, she seems just fine to me. No more, she should have been more careful. No more. We don't talk about that. No more bystanding. No more ignorance. No more excuses. No more. No more. No more. WWE Superstar Big Show here to tell you if you've been drinking, get a ride. Take a cab. Find another safe way to get home. Cops all across the country are cracking down on drunk driving. They will see you before you see them. Drive sober or get pulled over. Online radio at its best. Online radio at its best. Hey, 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 good day. If you're ready, map of the south. Let's do this. I'm telling you, I am first very honored that you would join me tonight. He has a very limited time spot, so we want to bring in Mr. Alan Farrell right away. Hey, how are you, Kathleen? You know what? I'm going to make you do what I do, baby. Man, what's crack-a-lackin', baby? What's crack-a-lackin'? It's time for the serious side of the James Brown Show. Don't try to call me out, princess. You can take your love and true purpose and stick it. She's a bitch. You are listening to the TJRS Radio Network. Network. Good Sunday morning to you folks. Welcome to the serious side of the J. Rao Show, which happens every Sunday morning right here on the TJRS Radio Network, online radio at its best. I'm the show's host, J. Rao. We should be up and running pretty soon. We apologize for the inconvenience. So sit back and relax and enjoy some smooth jazz until then. You're in tune to the serious side of the J. Rao Show right here on the TJRS Radio Network online radio at its best. We should be broadcasting very soon. Keep it locked right here. Sunday morning to you folks. Welcome to the serious side of the J. Rao Show, which happens every Sunday morning right here on the TJRS Radio Network, online radio at its best. I'm the show's host, J. Rao. We should be up and running pretty soon. 
we apologize for the inconvenience. So sit back and relax and enjoy some smooth jazz until then. You're in tune to the serious side of the J. Rouse Show right here on the TJRS Radio Network online radio at its best. We should be broadcasting very soon. Keep it locked right here. You are listening to the TJRS Radio Network. Network. Sunday morning to you folks. Welcome to the serious side of the J. Rouse Show, which happens every Sunday morning right here on the TJRS Radio Network, online radio at its best. I'm the show's host, J. Rouse. We should be up and running pretty soon. We apologize for the inconvenience. So sit back and relax and enjoy some smooth jazz until then. You're in tune to the serious side of the J. Rouse Show right here on the TJRS Radio Network online radio at its best. We should be broadcasting very soon. Keep it locked right here. You are listening to the TJRS Radio Network. Network. Live from NPR News in Washington, I'm Windsor Johnston. The House Intelligence Committee will hold the next round of public hearings into its impeachment inquiry into President Trump this week. House investigators are expected to hear testimony from eight Trump administration officials, including U.S. Ambassador to the European Union, Gordon Sondland. The ambassador is considered a key witness in the investigation into Trump's dealings with Ukraine. Louisiana's Democratic Governor John Bell Edwards has been elected for a second term. Jessica Rosegard from member station WWNO reports Edwards narrowly defeated his Republican challenger, Eddie Rasponi. In a race that was too close to call in its final week, Governor John Bell Edwards defeated challenger Eddie Rasponi by about 40,000 votes. Rasponi carried most of Louisiana's rural parishes, while Edwards benefited from strong support and high voter turnout in the state's more populated urban areas. Edwards' re-election is seen as a loss for President Donald Trump, who injected himself into the race, visiting Louisiana three times to try and rally voters for Rasponi. The battle became intensely partisan in recent weeks as Edwards tried to focus his campaign on his record and Trump tried to compare the conservative Democrat to liberal politicians in Washington. The win means Edwards remains the only Democratic governor in the Deep South. For NPR News, I'm Jessica Rosegard in Baton Rouge. Clashes between pro-democracy demonstrators and police in Hong Kong are intensifying. Protesters shot bows and arrows and hurled Molotov cocktails from a barricaded university campus today as police fired back with tear gas. Demonstrators have also set fires on the Tunnel Harbor Bridge, a main thoroughfare out of the city. A leak of internal Chinese Communist Party documents has revealed for the first time how a mass detention campaign of Chinese Muslims was carried out. 
NPR's Emily Fang reports the leak is the most significant cache of party documents released since 2001. The 403 pages of documents were obtained and published by the New York Times. They detail how President Xi Jinping himself ordered a crackdown on Islam across the western region of Xinjiang after a series of rudimentary attacks by Uyghur militants killed dozens. Among the documents leaked were speeches by Xi, later used by regional officials to justify a sweeping detention campaign of up to 1.5 Uyghur Muslims and other Muslim ethnic groups, though the exact number remains a state secret. Other documents instruct officials how to mollify distraught Uyghur students who discovered their parents had been disappeared. They were told their relatives had been, quote, infected by the virus of Islamic radicalism. Emily Fang, NPR News, Beijing. Protests continued today in Iraq. Demonstrators occupied part of the main bridge in central Baghdad yesterday, where security forces had pushed them back a week ago. More than 300 people have been killed during protests that began last month. This is NPR News. Coming up next on The Serious Side. Um, And I'd like to give you a chance to respond. I'll read part of one of his tweets. Everywhere Marie Ivanovich went turned bad. She started off in Somalia. How did that go? Uh, He goes on to say uh, later in the tweet, is a U.S. president's absolute right to appoint ambassadors. First of all, uh, Ambassador Ivanovich, the Senate has a chance to confirm or deny an ambassador, do they not? Yes, advise and consent. But would you like to respond to the president's attack that everywhere you went turned bad? Well, I, I mean, I don't, I don't think I have such powers, uh, not in Mogadishu, Somalia, Somalia, not in other places. I actually think that um, where I've served over the years, um, I and others have demonstrably um, made things better, you know, for the U.S. as well as for the countries uh, that I've served in. I was was struck by what I have always sensed, which is that we have a remarkably rich and talented uh, field of of candidates. It doesn't bother me one bit that there are a lot of them. You wish Um, you were there? Yeah, were you you struck by the possibility that you could beat all of them? No, no, that's that's not how I was thinking about it, although when I was thinking about it uh, many months ago, one of the questions was how do you break through in a field this large and this talented without being a celebrity or a sensationalist, and I'm I'm none of those things. Former Massachusetts Governor Deval Patrick said this morning he is officially running for the Democratic presidential nomination. Patrick has been a CBS News political contributor, but in light of his decision, of course, we're discontinuing that relationship. He joins 17 other Democratic candidates in the race. He will file to get on the primary ballot in New Hampshire later this morning. How's everybody doing? We're good, we're good. How are you First, doing? Hey, let me start by saying I appreciate y'all coming out. That means a lot to me. Our biggest thing with everything today was making sure we had transparency in what went on. We weren't getting that elsewhere, so we came out here. It's important that y'all are here. Y'all been attacked for the last three years. Y'all continue to be attacked. We appreciate what y'all do. We appreciate you being here today. We appreciate the work you do for the people and telling the truth. That's what we want in everything. I've been ready for three years. I've been denied for three years. We all know why I came out here, showed it today in front of everybody. We have nothing to hide. 
So we're waiting for the 32 owners, the 32 teams, Roger Goodell, all of them to stop running. Stop running from the truth. Stop running from the people. Welcome to the serious side of the Jay Ryle Show with Mrs. Vanessa Maybell, Mr. Jerome Esprit, the official texter of the show, Mr. Johnny D, and Mr. Elias. Now here is your host, Jay Ryle. Good Sunday morning to you folks. Today is November 17, 2019, and you're in tune to the serious side of the JRO Show, which happens every Sunday morning right here on the TJRS Radio Network, online radio. And it's best, of course, I'm Jay Rowell. Thank you so much for spending a portion of your Sunday with us. But like as always, I never share the stage by myself. Let me introduce you to some of the best in the business. First up, let me introduce you to my big sis. She always brings it to you with that CNN, MSNBC, Southern Twang. She tells it like it is. Let's bring her in, Miss Vanessa. Vanessa Maybell. Good morning, Vanessa. How are you? Good morning. I do tell it like it is. Unfortunately, some people don't like it. But I'm so glad to be that's here okay. to tell y'all. <laughs> well, that's okay. We 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 love it. So uh, and our listeners love it as well. So the numbers tell the numbers don't lie, Vanessa. The numbers tell the. Truth. Thank you so much for being here. God bless. Can't wait to talk to you. Next up, my little brother from another mother. This guy, I call him the Mr. Educate, the Educated <laughs> Rapper himself. I love this guy. He is, I tell you, he was the official text of the show, but now he is a regular sitting on the panel, bringing it every Sunday. Let's say good morning to Mr. Johnny D. What's going on, man? Good morning to you. How you doing? Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Uh, I am doing well. Just thankful for this opportunity to be in existence in this world today, and thank just thankful for the opportunity to be part of this 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 tremendous uh, forum. Um, Jay, like I say, man, I, I I can't thank you enough. Can't thank Miss Vanessa and Les and Jerome enough for allowing me to be a part of what you all have been doing for ten plus years. So again, I'm thankful, thankful for those individuals who allow us to come into their homes every week and, and share our point of view and some hardcore facts. So looking forward to the show. A lot of big topics. Absolutely. A lot happened in the past week. Absolutely. Thank you so much. And thank you for Good allowing morning, us to be Johnny in your presence. Me. Goes both ways, my friend. Goes both ways. Mr. LES, the man who gets the first and last word around here in the serious side, was just here in Houston. He is on his way back to Chicago. Uh, he should be, he may be listening now, so if he is, what's happening, him and my mommy, they came and visited me, and I had such a great time. It was a short visit, but I had a great time seeing those two. It was just uh, brought brought joy to my heart and uh, a tear to my eye when I had to drop him off at the airport this morning. So, But Mr. Elias will join us third set. He promised us he would be a third set, so we'll hear from him third set. And, of course, the smartest man in the world, Mr. Jerome Esprit from EspritRadio.net, and the man who brings you on a weekly basis, on a need-to-know basis, join us after his commitment with Clear Channel Radio, but until then, we hold it down. The number is 347-850-1272, And as always, World Famous Chat Room will not be open until Mr. LES shows up. That's how it is. And if he doesn't show up for whatever reasons, then, you know, obviously there will be no chatterbox because I have to make sure that social media and the World Famous Chat Room, they get the same amount of time and the same opportunity. So if the chat room is not open before the show, then we will not have chatterbox. But until then we'll hold it down. All right, listen, let me tell you what's on the agenda for this morning. First up, the more the merrier. Former Massachusetts Governor Deval Patrick has entered the 2020 presidential campaign race. So now the question I have, and I'm pretty sure a lot of people are asking, why? Why now? 
Why not earlier? We'll talk about that. Also, the NFL is full of you-know-what. The NFL has decided to allow former 49ers quarterback Colin Kaepernick to work out. But let me tell you something. The conditions that they put in place was ridiculous. And the reason why we're talking about it, because that man took a knee that, you know, he took a knee for something that has been going on in our community for a long time. So was this a PR stunt or was this a legitimate opportunity for this man to get back into the league? We'll talk about that. Plus, last but certainly not least, unless you've been living under a rock, the impeachment impeachment proceedings of Donald J. Trump has been going on this past week. We'll take a look at some of the things that are going on, and we'll get our panelists' perspective as far as what they think, how it's going, you know, do you think he's going to be impeached? Do you think the Democrats are making any headway? We'll discuss all that and more coming up right here on the Serious side. All right, apologies, as always, live radio. We had some technical difficulties, so we're running behind schedule, so we're going to get right into the conversation. First up, the more the merrier, Governor DePaul, DePaul Patrick, in the race. So now, ladies first, since Mr. Elias is not here. So, Vanessa, let me go to you. What do you think about this guy? Do you think this guy will make an impact? Do you think that he's going to, you know, change some minds? Do you think he's going to take votes from other candidates? What do you think about this man entering the race this late in the game? You know what? I'm so sick of them. I am so sick of the Democrats dividing up the vote. I just think it's horrible. And then... You that think it's horrible that he's, he's entering the race? It's too late. It's too late. He's not even going to make it for the debate next week. It is too late. Somebody is I think he knows that. Man. Okay, well, if he knows it's too late to get in it, it's only one more before the new before the new year. So why are you getting in it? Why I don't know. I asked you that you question. Have to have, <laughs> I don't know why you he's have in. To have, I have no idea why he's Okay, James. Jay, you have yeah. to have yeah. so many turns at um, the money amount that's to be putting in by so many voters. You have to have so many rounds of receiving it. He's running out of time because once January hits here, there's some caucus or something that he has to be over before by April. I don't think he's going to make it. It's too late. Even the other now, man, now, Bloomberg, now keep in mind, Vanessa. Is, Vanessa, before Vanessa, real quick, let me jump in real quick just to give you some information. Now, now I know what you're talking about. You're talking about the qualifications that the DNC has put in place for uh, candidates. Now, remember, they've dropped the money requirement, so there's no longer a certain amount of donors that's given X amount of dollars. That's gone. I mean, it's all about polling at this point. Go ahead. I'm sorry. I'm sorry to interrupt. Okay. So, to even get my point. If that just dropped off, because that was in effect until December. So I do know that it was in effect until December, because I know who've already qualified for it. So come January, that won't be effective. You're absolutely right. But for right now, November, December, it was in effect, because I was getting emails about it. But January, it won't be in effect, Jay. So you know what? How fair is it for him to jump into a race and not have to go through the other stuff that the other people had to go through? I don't think it's fair for him, and I don't think it's fair for Bloomberg or whatever his name is that's jumping in the race. I don't think it's when you say go fair. Th- <laughs> been- Wait a minute. Vanessa, when you say go through the stuff that the other people, what, what, do you, what do you mean by that? Jay, the other people couldn't use their own. Okay. Jay, you had to have, and I wish Jerome was here to explain it. 
You have to have so many votes of $5, $10, $15, $20. You had to have so many people put in dollar amounts like that. You, It, it was a qualification. That's why they're all over Facebook. You don't be on Facebook. That's why they're all over Facebook saying, I need a thousand five dollar votes. So I need a thousand ten dollar votes. That's why they're doing that, Jay. That's why I keep getting the emails on what it is that they re- the requirement is. It was a requirement, okay. Jay, until December. But the December okay, right, yeah. debate is almost done. So I'm just saying, Jay, no, to answer your question. I think it's stupid, I think it's unfair, and I think he's gonna divide the votes, and I think the other man is gonna divide some votes too. Wow. So you think that's because, all right, let me ask you, Johnny D., what do you think, man? You think this guy getting in the race this late in the game, the pros, the cons, what do you think, sir? I don't don't have any opposition for any person who feels like they can make a difference in America for the betterment. Um, Right. Strategically, it may not be to his advantage, uh, but I think ultimately – this may be uh, it, it may be contrary to to what we have envisioned as far as who will be the final candidate. Um, I think, as I said time and time again, this this is the year politically where the African American vote will be courted, and I think that we have to take advantage of that influence. At the polls, but I also understand this here that his appearance and his emergence in this election is based solely on those individuals who think it's an opportune time to somewhat neutralize the momentum of potentially Joe Biden because he somewhat politically matches up with Joe Biden and Pete Buttigieg as far as being a moderate candidate. Now, can he win? Certainly not in this time. Uh, can he be viable? I think he can be divisive towards the vote. So I think that Ms. Vanessa is is point on when she says that it will divide the vote. But there again, I think that intentionally some people may be coaxing him to do that just so we can ultimately see four more years of Donald Trump. Now, is it politically motivated from the Democratic Party? I'm not going to say it is, but somebody may be getting in his ear saying, look, you can do this here. You can win. The truth of the matter is that the fundraising will ultimately dictate it. His, his, his name profile will dictate it. His position will dictate it. You know, when you've got Bernie Sanders and Elizabeth Warren saying Medicare for all, education for all, and this guy is somewhat in the middle saying, no, I don't believe in Medicare for all. And then you, you look at his influence, um, his, his, uh, his, his employment. You know, so a lot of the progressive candidates are going to beat him up in regards to that. So that's going to somewhat, I believe, halt his ability to raise funds to stay in the party. But then it also speaks on Cory Booker and Kamala Harris, who are the other African-American candidates. So there's something that he doesn't see in them as far as being able to draw the vote. Now, long term, he may simply be in it for, for a VP bid. You understand what I'm saying? So it's a lot of things that they're circulating at this point in time. Uh, I have not really dove deep into uh, the intentions because we haven't seen enough of them. But I think as the weeks come 
and we understand what his agenda is, we'll start seeing that shape and format. But uh, again, I, I never, never believe that a person should um, inhibit themselves based off of what others think. So I'm good with him feeling like he can be a part of the solution, as I am with Bloomberg. It's something in the Democratic ticket that makes these individuals feel like this is the opportune time. You know, no one thought that he would be elected the, the governor of Massachusetts uh, after nope. Mitt Romney. So, you know, he, he's able right. to pull off some things that, uh, you know, first in, in his field. As far as the presidency, I don't think that that's, 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 that's in his future as a VP candidate. Again, I think that there's going to be a minority on the ticket. I think that he stands front and center as perhaps being the person that may be that individual, and perhaps that's what his ultimate goal may be. Hmm, interesting. That's a that's an interesting twist on it. You know, Vanessa mentioned the smartest man in the world. He is in the house right now. The one and only Mr. Jerome Spree, who brings us on a weekly basis, on a need to know basis, is in the house. Good morning, Jerome. How are you? Hey, good morning. I'm good. How are you? I'm so glad you're here, Jerome. Him. Good morning. Good morning. <laughs> <laughs> Vanessa, <laughs> and before Jerome, before I bring you in, I definitely okay. Before I bring you in, man, I, I listen. I have to stop the noise here. I mean, uh, this is a person who has been a part of this family since day one. Um, you know, she's. Uh, I mean, listen. I'm not even going to tease you guys with it. I'm just going to open the mic and let her say hello. Let me just do that. Good morning, mystery person. You like to say hello to the guests <laughs> and to the audience. Good morning, everybody. I've been listening. There she is. Good morning. I'm calling in and listening, but, you know, my time is usually short on Sunday, so sometimes I don't unmute. But you all are holding it down. Holding it down. (laughs) I'm telling you. That's right. Oh, my God. Miss Kathleen is in the house, Lord. We're going to we're going to embrace you as long as you can hang out. So hey, feel free. You know your way around the building. Just kick your legs up until you have to go do whatever you have to do. Three four seven eight five zero one two seven two twenty six minutes after the hour. We well, listen to the serious stuff. We're gonna go a little bit. We're going to go a little over uh, before we go into our next break because I definitely want to get everyone's perspective on this first, on this first topic. So Jerome, let me start with you, and I definitely want to hear from Kathleen to close it out for this set. So Jerome. The more the married. What do you think, man? We talked about this. I remember having a show when we talked about potential candidates for the 2020 election, and we talked about Michelle Obama. We also brought this man's name up, too, because of his close association with the Obamas. The fact that President Obama tried to get him to run in the very beginning. I think he tried to get him to run in 2016, and he decided not to. Then he tried to get him to run in 20 for this 2020 election. So what do you think, man? What do you think about him jumping in the race, and what type of impact will it have on the other candidates? Um, little to none on the impact part, wow. and I don't, you know, I think that um, I I don't think Obama's a really good judgment of this kind of stuff either. I mean, if he thinks that the ball <laughs> win, I wouldn't I wouldn't. Politicians are never really good at this. It's really yeah. interesting. Like so, even at a good politician, and I've dealt with a lot of them, their judgment yeah. on what people want and who other politicians are like. They they don't have good insight. Always it's almost like bad. Jerome. 
Isn't it like the Michael Jordan effect, man? People talk about how Michael Jordan's a great player all the time, but as a general manager, he sucks. Or, <laughs> it's or like you can't be a great coach or a great whatever if, you know, so it's almost, you know what, and, and I didn't yeah. want to say that. I'm glad you did, but I was thinking the exact same thing. Go ahead, sir. Yeah. Usually me- mediocre players are really good coaches. Right. And I, I didn't get this, but a friend of mine who, who, was, who was a really good coach said to me one day, I, I he asked me how was his team doing, you know, like how how's the team? And I said, well, they're they're good, but how come they're not doing A, B, and C, and D? And he said, believe me, they practice over and over again. But you have to remember, you were a better player than them, so you can't look at them that way. And I never think about it, right? When when sure. you master something, you can't impose it on somebody else, and your expectations about what they can do could be just wrong. Right. So Obama is a really good politician, but the politicians never consider when you're running, it is timing and environment that helps you, right? If, if Trump would have ran against Obama, he'd have got smoked bad. You yeah. know what I mean? It's a timing issue in, in the environment. You know, so right. his Klan endorsement is helping him. I'm just joking. Go ahead. <laughs> well, you know the thing is, I think, I think Kathleen... I think, Kathleen, what people are looking for is they're looking for another Obama. It's like the once-in-a-lifetime, you know, if we're going to stay on the sports analogy thing, you know, the bottom line is when Michael Jordan left the league, everybody's looking for the next Jordan, you know. Harold Miner, the next Jordan, you know. Grant Hill, the next Jordan. Everybody's looking for the next Obama. And so, you know, they have a very similar background, you know, Chicago, from Chicago, poor, single mother, you know, you know, brought themselves up from the bottom to the top, you know. So what do you think? Question for you as you close out this set. What do you think uh, his entry into this race will do? Do you think it's going to have an impact? Do you think that he can make any headway in this uh, in this campaign season? Well, when you say poor single mother, I think maybe I'll call up Sean and see if he wants to jump in the race. Because <laughs> <laughs> that's what the criteria uh, is. Uh, a single mother up in this uh, team. <laughs> But you're not from Chicago. Ah. I know, I know, I know. Yeah, but Wait a minute, didn't you go to school in Chicago? No. New York is just as good, man. It's a very similar, you know. But anyway, um, you know, with Deval Patrick, when I, I heard his, yeah, I watch a lot of Trevor Noah. <laughs> I'm watching less MSNBC. I heard you talking about that last week, Jay. I watch a lot of Trevor Noah. Trevor Noah's like, get that out of here, you know, with this coming joining now. <laughs> Him and then and Bloomberg as well. But I, I don't know, my feeling with Deval Patrick, I'm not really caring so much about all the folks that are in the race right now because, like, uh, you know, many of them, they're going to start dropping like five. They're going to start dropping out, and then we'll be left with the remnant. But with Deval Patrick, <laughs> I feel like, this is an opportunity for him to have a national platform for whatever his conversation is and whatever it is mm. that he thinks is a good move for the country going forward. And I want to okay. hear from him. I want to hear from as many smart people that can assess and dissect the current situation that America is in right now. And sometimes, right. you know, if Deval Patrick just has a speech right now, wherever, you know, we probably won't hear it. But now that he's a candidate for the presidency, everybody's going to hear what he has to say. And so whether he's in for a moment 
in for the long haul or it's a VP bid, you know, maybe Biden needs him or whatever, and he needs for people to hear what he believes in right now. So, it, you know, possibly that's it. I don't know. But I don't really have a problem with it because I'm listening to all these other folks that are talking right now that are the presidential candidates, and I'm really not that moved. I, you know, I'm like, hey, do we have anybody else? <laughs> you know? So I'm actually wow. excited to see. But I, I, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I honestly think it's a shot against Biden. I I know what's going on in this in this sense. It's not that people think like the polling numbers that are saying Buttigieg has had a Biden or whomever is in, in these really really white states. You know the Iowa stuff, right? And yeah. I think what they're doing is trying to dilute Biden. I don't think Elizabeth Warren is going to win. I don't think they're really worried about her so much, right? Because if they were worried really? about her be taking shots at her. No, they're not worried about it. That's right. why the Republicans right. are still after Biden. Biden is still the yeah. guy on the national scene and who's going, like in the Nevada and all these other places. And Nevada's pretty kind of conservative as a Democrat, you know, as a kind of a purple state. Biden is leading there, too. So I think that Deval Patrick coming out of Bain, right? You know, we know Mitt Romney started Bain Capital, and he's saying, right. hey, that's not what this is about, and blah, blah, blah. I am suspicious of all of that. So him and yeah. Bloomberg. So they're not, it's not that they're taking a shot. That. Yeah, it's not a, just a shot at Warren more than it is. I think they are trying to weaken Biden. This is chess, not checkers, <laughs> and I think that they're really going at him. And, and let me tell you, you know, he you think Patrick is a plant? Yeah, I think he's being used to weaken Biden. If, if really? I was Biden, think about it this way. If I was Biden. Absolutely. And, right. And if I was Biden and I'm thinking about Obama and now Obama's boy is coming in, I'm thinking, wait a minute, what the heck is going on? It ain't because he's weak and that's going to make him stronger. Patrick in there is not, you know, um, going to help him per se. And it's not going to help him with black people, definitely. I, I can tell you this, right. especially when my mother says, um, I think he needs a little bit more bass in his voice. I know how black women is going to get down when that dude starts speaking to them. That's my mother that said that. Right? You have that passion. Yes. But what I'm saying, though, impression is important. Like, she, she's going to vote, but I, I can't even sway her in her vote. She's like, mm, oh, really? Uh-uh. Right, somebody did a, a a field. What do you call it? A, a a focus group on that dude. He he know he he hasn't even changed his style since the time he ran in uh, Massachusetts. So you can't tell me that that dude's a serious candidate. And <laughs> if, again, well, if I'm Biden and yeah. I win, I am not looking at that dude for vice president. <laughs> Are you crazy? Well, that's, that's, that's interesting. It's interesting you say that, Jerome, because, uh, you know, the bottom line is I, I kind of dovetail with Johnny D. I, I thought that maybe this was an audition, but then Kathleen came in and said some things. Maybe he's trying to position himself for 2024. I don't know. But, uh, listen, great conversation, first set. Love it. 
right, coming up in this week's edition of In Four Minutes or Less, something that you need to know. Usually we try to focus on stories that are outside of the norm, but because we exist in this environment where there's so much stuff to cover, you know, Roger Stone was convicted this week of all seven counts in line to Congress. So we want to take a listen to what Lawrence O'Donnell from MSNBC had to say about this guy because you need to hear it. So this week's edition, it's time for this week's edition of In Four Minutes or Less, something that you need to know right here on the serious side of the J. Ryle Show on the TJRS Radio Network, online radio at its best. We'll be right back after this. Richard Nixon is finally going to prison on Roger Stone's back. Roger Stone started his career as a Republican political operative 50 years ago in the era of his idol, the disgraced President Richard Nixon, who was pardoned by President Ford for all of the crimes Nixon committed while president. Roger Stone became Donald Trump's longest-serving political advisor. In the final prosecution of the Mueller investigation, Roger Stone was found guilty today by a Washington, D.C. jury on all seven counts of lying to Congress, tampering with a witness, and obstructing the House of Representatives' investigation into the Russian interference in the 2016 election. Roger Stone is now the sixth associate of President Trump to be convicted of crimes since the president took office. That is the fastest rate of criminal conviction of presidential associates in history. Who's next? Gordon Sondland has already changed his under oath testimony once to avoid perjury charges, and today's revelation about the details of his cell phone call from a restaurant in Ukraine to President Trump will require Gordon Sondland to change his testimony once again next week in public. But will that be enough for Gordon Sondland to avoid Roger Stone's fate? Back with us, Glenn Kirshner, who has been at the courthouse every day of the Roger Stone trial and was there today when the verdict came in. Glenn, uh, what does this verdict mean going forward for the investigation and for possible witnesses like Gordon Sondland? I would say, Lawrence, that Gordon Sondland better sit up and take note of what happened today to Roger Stone on the witness tampering front. And when he raises his right hand and he swears to Congress to tell the truth, he had better not play any games because, you know, when, when you look at what has happened today alone on the witness tampering front, you've got President Trump sending out that tweet, that defamatory, threatening tweet to uh, Ambassador Yovanovitch, as your previous guest, uh, Professor Lawrence Tribe, said, that sort of fits the bill for witness intimidation. And then over in federal court today, you have uh, Roger Stone being convicted of witness tampering. You know, you have to start to wonder when applicants for jobs apply to the Trump administration and they show their resumes, do the folks look at it and say, well, you know, that all looks looks good, but uh, how are you at tampering with witnesses? Um, and, and that's a lighthearted take on a very serious issue. I mean, when you consider the seven charges that Roger Stone was convicted of today, the first six carry a maximum punishment of five years in prison. The seventh, witness tampering, carries up to 20 years in prison. I think Gordon Sondland better pay attention to that. Glenn, a word on how close this Roger Stone case got to Donald Trump. One of the things he's convicted for was lying about a phone call uh, that uh, Roger Stone had with President Trump. And it's one of those phone calls, a cell phone call, during the campaign that's overheard by someone, in this case, Rick Gates. 
Yeah, how close did it get? It bumped right up against Donald Trump because of that phone call, which showed, according to Gates' testimony, that President Trump was intimately involved in real time, uh, courtesy of Roger Stone, with the WikiLeaks dump. So that sure looks more like just passively receiving information. It looks like coordination, and it looks a lot like a conspiracy. Glenn Kirshner, thank you for doing double duty this week and covering the Roger Stone case for us all, since we're all distracted with so much else. Really appreciate it, Glenn. Today, about one in five Americans is living with a disability. Over 50 million people, including many of our friends and neighbors, teachers and co-workers, heroes and leaders. 20 years ago, the Americans with Disabilities Act guaranteed every person the right to live, work, and participate fully in the American experience. We've come a long way since then, and we are committed to making even more progress in the years ahead. Visit disability.gov to see how you can help. We all know why I came out here, showed it today in front of everybody. We have nothing to hide. So we're waiting for the 32 owners, the 32 teams, Roger Goodell, all of them to stop running. Stop running from the truth. Stop running from the people. Welcome back in. 347-850-1272. That was Colin Kaepernick saying, listen, stop running from the truth. Stop running from the people. You're in tune to the serious side of the J. Rao Show, which happens every Sunday morning right here on the TJRS Radio Network, online radio at its best. This past week, matter of fact, on Saturday, when NFL teams are usually traveling and none of the decision makers can be present, the NFL allowed Colin Kaepernick to have a whole workout. Now, first of all, it was supposed to be at the Atlanta Falcons training facility, but something happened where there was a disagreement where Kaepernick's people wouldn't sign a waiver or whatever the case may be. So it was, you know, so they moved it about 40 miles or 30 minutes, I think, away from that facility. And so a total of eight teams participated and watched the quarterback work out. And from some of the videos that's been released and some of the comments from the people that who are in attendance, they're saying this guy still has it. He should be in the league. So now let me start this segment off with you, Johnny D. Bottom line is Colin Kaepernick worked out. You have Ryan Fitzpatrick starting for the the, the, the Miami Dolphins. You, you can't tell me that there's not a team in this league that cannot use this guy. Matter of fact, let's talk about your team, the black and gold. I mean, come on. I mean, so what is really going on here? What the NFL did, do you think this is a PR start, or were they really trying to allow this black man back in the league? Because, remember, he took a knee because he was protesting uh, police brutality on African-American, on African-Americans, especially unarmed black men, injustices for our people. And he was told to take a knee by a veteran. A veteran says, "Listen, if you really want to, you want to uh, make make a difference, and don't you don't want to disrespect the military? Because first he was sitting down. He said, take a knee. Right. That's what we do when we have fallen soldiers. Take a knee.'" And Donald Trump and his cronies have gotten a hold of this and has turned this thing into one of the, I mean, this is the biggest spectacle I've seen in a long time when it comes to sports. So the bottom line is, what do you think, man? Do you think the NFL is sincere about this? Or is this an attempt to say, you know, this is the Rooney rule. you got to talk to one black guy, even though we know you're going to hire the white guy, but you have to talk to him just to make sure we let people know that we're, you know, we love affirmative action. We're trying to do the right thing. What say you? 
we all agree that sometimes there's window dressing that that goes on, and some of the questions that you see arise arise on the news is was this about you know a true sincere um, extension by the NFL or was it just simply window dressing? Now, I don't want to water down the Rooney Rule because I think that the intentions from uh, Dan Rooney was real sincere in regards to making sure that uh, African Americans and minorities get a fair bid at running these teams as far as coaching uh, ownership. It's hopefully that'll be down the line. There is there is already a settlement that's been made as far as Colin Cotton and the NFL colluding against this guy to keep him out of the NFL. Certainly his talents. When you see some of the these below the line quarterbacks that's still hanging on for for years and to know that this guy was a was a two or three time all pro and uh represented his team in the Super Bowl. Now the last last year of his career was not as glamorous. Uh, I think he had one win and out of his last nine or ten games, but that still did not uh indicate But his numbers were good, man. His bad. numbers are good, Johnny. Well, you no, go back and look at his numbers. His numbers no, right there. No, no Jay, what I'm talking about is the victories for his team now. I'm talking about team victories. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not okay. talking okay. about his individual stats. As, as, as a right. team, it was one in nine, one in ten or something like that with the teams that he played for. But now his statistics and his stats were good. So I don't question his ability to play in the league. Uh, now right. we now we move forward to, to yesterday, okay? I think that it was a, a sincere attempt by the NFL. I, I really and truly do. I don't think that you go through this much uh, – this this type of audition, meaning a, 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 a pro stadium, and, you know, you've got scouts that's coming. Certainly the, the day – anybody can question the day and say, okay, well, general managers and coaches weren't going to be there. Other than the combines, they really very seldom go out. It's, it's, it's typically the scouts. So let's be serious about that for all of the naysayers. Colin Kaepernick's decision 45 minutes prior to the the, the scheduled event will always be in question because there's going to be two sides of the story. That's going to be the NFL side. That's going to be Colin Kaepernick, and somewhere in the middle is going to lie the truth. I hate that the opportunity was stricken from him because that site did not bring the, the, the NFL scouts directly to him. And then also I think it will leave some bitter taste in those mouths because, again, you're talking about 45 minutes before the event was to take place, all of the dynamics changed. And, and the reality of it is, is that um, Atlanta is, is pretty big. So could you have found something less than 45 minutes in order for them to get there? Who knows? But the truth is, that he auditioned on YouTube. It was under his terms. So clearly this wasn't something that was the spare of the last minute. That 45 minutes and how he rolled this out and the media that he had present, that was that was meticulous. That that wasn't just a, a, a spare of the moments type of situation. Somebody had to think that out in order to get him where he needs to be. Will he ever make it back to the NFL? I think that the persuasion of, of, of the public will demand that some team allow him an opportunity to to quarterback. Now, you talked about the best team in, 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 in National Football League historically, okay? I'm disappointed <laughs> that when – I mean, hey, I tell you what, when, 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 when Roethlisberger went down – I was disappointed. Now you laughing. We 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 are still six-time Super Bowl champions, and and we'll make the playoffs this year. 
But nevertheless, I'm, I'm, I'm somewhat uh, baffled by the fact that, and I, and I know probably, I, I, trust me when I tell you this right here, you know, the Steelers was the team that went out and allowed Michael Vick to come back into the NFL and took a lot of scrutiny, uh, to be honest with you. But Michael Vick played ball for us and, you know, was well-received in the locker room. Mike Tomlin has, been, has proven himself as, as, a, as, a, as a great coach, and he is a player's coach, uh, the way that it's described, that the, the, most of the players enjoy him. I think that if we had not had all of the off-field distractions over the summer, that we probably would have picked up the phone and called Colin Kaepernick and said, look, give us a shot. Because, again, we come into the season with, with a second-year quarterback who is probably a, a year or two away from being a starting NFL quarterback legitimately. And then we have a, 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 a free agent quarterback that's from a small school that's got all these, these records, but he's undersized. And then, you know, after all that's said and done, you know, we, we get down to a third-string guy in Paxton Lynch, who is a bum at best, and he's on our practice squad. So how do you not reach out to Colin Kaepernick? Well, with the Steelers, I, I truly say that it was all of the off-field distractions that have taken place. Um, Eric Reed and, and I, I, I read some comments with Eric Reed kind of lashed out to Stephen A. Smith, which – he was he was uh, straight raw. Uh, I don't know if you had a chance. I'm sure that the panelists have probably read Stephen A. Smith and heard his commentary about uh, Colin Colin Kaepernick pretty much uh, sabotaging his yeah. ability to come back and and called him a martyr. You know. Now yeah, when, when yeah, you listen yeah. to yeah, but now when you listen to Colin Kaepernick's interview, was that a job audition or a political protest? Well, okay, well, okay, that's now. a good question. I, I, I thought it was somewhat contrary. I thought it was somewhat contrary to the event itself. Um, his, his performance, honestly, I, I thought what, what I saw on the video. Now, of course, at the time, I, I didn't have my, my glasses on, so it was kind of grainy as far as the video. Maybe I need to see <laughs> some different video footage. But, but, but clearly, yeah. uh, you know, listening to what you just said um, earlier that, that people thought that he, he fared well. This guy's an NFL quarterback. Will he ever get an opportunity to play again? I, I pray that he does. But, you know, again, it really is about the ownership. It depends on what his motivation is. You look at the fact that Eric Reed has been playing for almost a year now, and he, and he was part of that same settlement. You wonder what's the difference between Colin Kaepernick and Eric Reed. You know, uh, Eric well, Reed you know, the was not even is. a, a, a Mm-hmm. No, no. The, the difference is, Johnny, is the fact that, you know, Colin was the face of it. I mean, he, he's the guy who started everything off. And so, you know, I, I mean, I, I hear what you're saying. I, I do. And, and I agree with most of what you said. I mean, I don't think the NFL, I really think the NFL didn't, you know, once again, have it on a Saturday when they normally do these things on a Tuesday. And then there was a disagreement about the waiver, and that's the reason why he moved his workout to a high school. But let me swing to you, Kathleen, because I love talking sports with you. You, you It's amazing, your knowledge, because you wrote a book, and I want you to plug it after, you know, after you, you know, your response. But the bottom line is, do you think that the NFL, was this a PR stunt based on the fact that they usually hold tryouts 
uh, on Tuesdays where, once again, all the decision makers can be there. There was a disagreement about the waiver, and so the NFL didn't budge on it. So Colin Kaepernick decided we're going to go to a high school to do this. The NFL didn't want the media there at all. You know, because Colin Kaepernick wanted to have the media and live cameras. NFL was like, no, 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 no. So do you think, based on, you know, whatever knowledge you may have, and just I know you're abreast of what's going on with Colin Kaepernick, even if you're not on top of what just happened, but do you think that what the NFL pulled was just a PR stunt just to say, hey, look, we, you know, we did it. We gave him an opportunity. Well, oh, well. Say la vie. Well, first of all, thank you. Thank you for the disclaimer. Um, you know, if I'm not aware of where I'm at, of what's happening, thank you for that. I really do appreciate it. I do. That's I okay. I understand. No, I, appre- no, I appreciate it. Um, I didn't know that the tryouts are usually held on Tuesday. And one thing I did want to ask you as well, as far as I recall, the media is never forbidden from attending tryouts, as far as I remember. So, can you update me on that? Okay. So I don't. Yeah. I couldn't. As soon as they said that the media wasn't going to be allowed, I was like, okay, this is some. I don't know if I can say Freckneckle Bull as a minister, but I'm gonna say it. It's just some nonsense that they're doing with him again. So there was nothing normal about this whole thing, right? Um, giving him all these try, giving him the try. They should just get a man a job. This, I don't understand yeah. it. why, you know, they had the, uh, the recruiters come with the talent scouts. Blah! You know the guy could play. You know he's been training for the last, since 2016 when he left. He should have never been kicked out right. in the first place. And um, so it's, it's all nonsense to me. And, yes, I do agree that he should um, he should play again. He should have been able to play again. Um, I think he should. Uh, this is just my opinion. Um, watching it, if he was ready to um, go back into the NFL as well, I think that some of the conversation that he held while he was talking, he might have left that out and waited until he was reinstated to say what he needed to say. I think some of it was a little touting, um, but I know he's probably as sick of them as I am. You know, it's like, look, ridiculous. I am well-paid. And I don't have to put up with this nonsense. Slavery is over. You can't tell me what to do, what to say, how to perform, and how to run my, you know, my uh, tryout here. So we're going to have it 45 minutes away. You got cars. If you can get here, get here. If you don't want to come, don't come. I ain't been playing for three years, and it's not hurting me. So what? (laughs) You know? And I feel like that's how we have to be brave and bold as black people and be prepared to take whatever comes. You know, and understand that we're going to have our, our day in the sun. You know, he's not suffering. He can't play professional football, but, you know, I can't either. So what? You know, he's going to be fine. <laughs> Nike, yeah. everything else he's doing, you know, he's going to be in movies next. All kind of stuff is going to happen for him. So I appreciate that he is just not bowing down. You know, if you want him, you want a good quarterback, take him. Y'all are suffering. There's enough teams out there that need him as quarterback because for all the stats he has and all of the performance that he has, doesn't have whatever his numbers look like, what his arm looks he's still better than a good percentage of the quarterbacks that are playing every Sunday. Absolutely. So get him in a break and hire him and get over yourself. Absolutely. Vanessa, now, when you look at the reason why this whole thing (laughs) – 
<laughs> so, so now, you, when you look at the fact that he's out the league because of the fact, and he's not technically, he wasn't kicked out the league. The fact he's a free agent, his kind, he opted not to resign with the 49ers, and I think they did have an offer on the table, but he decided to test free agency, and he's a free agent. So the NFL can come back and say, well, hey, guess what? You know, he's a free agent, you know, and no team wants him. But we all know why, because there was a big controversy. Look what Jerry Jones told Dak Prescott and all those guys. Listen, either you. None of our teams are going to allow – none of my guys, you have to be on the field. Because the NFL said, okay, we're going to have a compromise. We don't want you disrespecting the flag, even though it's not disrespecting the flag, thanks, Donald Trump. But tell you what we'll do. If you don't want to, you don't want to stand, you don't want to salute or whatever, you can stay in the locker room. Jerry Jones came back and said, no, you cannot. You need to come out. None of my players, and if you do it, you're going to be suspended. And see, and this is the reason why I still I'm a little upset with Dak Prescott and and, and Ezekiel Elliott, even though they were, were rookies, I think, or second year guys when they, no, they were rookies. I'm like, you guys are the but face you know, of the franchise. Y'all should have took a stand. Well, well, they wait a minute now. Now, well, he wasn't going to go, but they were, okay at the Atlanta facility. There was a representative from the Dallas Cowboys that was supposed to go there. So even though Jerry might not have gone, but they were going to send somebody. So when you look at it from – so think about this, Vanessa. This guy takes a knee because of what we've been seeing for years, unarmed black men being shot and killed by the police. We saw in South Carolina where a man ran from the cops, the cops shot him down, and then dropped, dropped something by his body to make it look like he was threatening the officer. We saw a white police officer, a man whose car broke down in the middle of the highway. She's going to an emergency. She stops, backs up, and she shoots and kills this man. And then recently we looked at what happened in Dallas. Man sitting in his living room eating ice cream. Woman breaks. Woman comes in there and shoots him. So we cannot sit here and say, that what he's trying to represent, he wasn't legitimate in that. And for the league to sit here and go down this avenue, it is plain wrong. So what do you think, Vanessa? Do you think that this guy's going to get a job? Do you think it was a PR stunt? What do you think? Well, I think that um, the people who are Donald Trump people who are not going to give him a chance are just not going to give him a chance because Donald Trump is in office. I do believe this is just me that once Donald Trump is out of office, I think the things will turn for him. I think that you just got these people that are racist owners and are just gonna, they're just not going to give him a chance because Trump is in office and they don't want to shame face with him. But I do believe that he's going to get back in. I just don't think it's going to be anytime soon, unfortunately. But I'm like what Ms. Kathleen says. He ain't hurting for nothing. Yes, he want to do it. He's still practicing. He's still keeping his body and step up. But he ain't hurting. He's not hurting. And you know what else? Jay-Z is going to help him to get back in because Jay-Z is now dealing with the NFL. And I believe he's going to get back in, and I think Jay-Z is going to be a portion of why he's going to get back in the NFL. I just think it's going to be after we get Trump out of office. Okay. So I say the best for last. Jerome, all right, listen. Here's what a lot of people are saying. I was reading some comments on social media saying, oh, you know, he shouldn't have said what he had to say at the end. You know, the bottom line is, you know, you need to – you know, I almost looked at it as being a good boy. You know, hey, listen, don't say anything out of bounds because you want these white people to put you on their team. So be a good boy. Maybe you should have had your hair cut or whatever the case may be. <laughs> Bottom line is that this man is upset. And so this is his whole thing. We're saying that you have to act a certain way. This guy can play. Now, listen, I, listen am, I, am I a big fan of his? No, I don't, you know, not, no, not really. But at the end of the day, you can't tell me that this guy can't be starting for at least four teams in the NFL. 
And for him not to be in the NFL, we already know what it's all about. So what do you say to those folks who say, well, you know, wait a minute, there's a time and a place for that. The bottom line is maybe you shouldn't have, you know, said what you said at the end uh, because, you know, obviously you want people to don't be so combative. Right? Don't be combative. Uh, the bottom line is, is that you should have held your tryout at the Atlanta facility. You should have signed the waiver that the NFL wanted you to sign. And you should have been a good little Colin Kaepernick and, you know, did your thing. And uh, there you go. Thought, so what do you think, man? What's for you? First of all, it was a shot in the dark anyway. I think Jay-Z probably did have something to do with this tryout, you know, a part of whatever really? his was. Yeah, I think that I that is kind that. of yeah. word that's coming down too, is that everybody oh. kept criticizing Jay Z for taking that deal without getting Colin Kaepernick in oh. the league, and now okay, you know, and so but which would make Jay Z smarter than everybody else who thought that and couldn't do it. But the thing is, Colin Kaepernick knows what type what type of joke it is too, that he gets to show skills, and they want to do it in private. So that those scouts can go back and go, yeah, he wasn't really looking that good. Now everybody can see what he did at his at his workout. So if they were gonna if they were gonna blackball him gen- across the board after this, he needed the light to be shined on it. He was like, nope, I'm putting this out there. So I'll give you you're gonna give me a workout. We're gonna give you fair terms. I'm not signing a waiver because you don't know what that waiver said. Nobody really went into depth on what it was, but it could have been anything. Right, we have to own that. Those guys are grown, you know. And as adults, you should own your stuff, right? And I mean this even in corporate, even in the workplace. I had an interview one time, and the you know back then in, in IT, they curse a lot. So you get nerdy folks and abusive stuff going on in in technologies departments back in the you know in the late eighties, nineties. The 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 director said to me. Hey, there's a lot of cursing, blah, blah, blah. And I said, does not bother me, as long as nobody curses at me. I did not get that job. I was well qualified. That was probably at the stage where they are going to hire me. But once I told them, you, I, you can curse at anybody you want to. I don't mind hearing cursing. Curse at me, we going to have a problem. Yeah, they didn't hire me. There was no black people who worked there. So you get to go out either on your own terms or not, or you got to suck it up. And be the be be oppressed, and sometimes you don't feel like that. So Colin Kaepernick did not feel like whatever terms that they were giving him were like terms that were like conducive to him. He was like, okay, let's say you could have had all the teams there at the Atlanta facility, but you only had six at this one. Would you rather be at six teams that want you, or getting raked over coals by the rest of the teams that don't? Who's just gonna badmouth you anyway? Sometimes you got to take destiny in your own hands and don't feel like you need to be a slave to every dog and thing. So when anybody says that to me, you know, he should just kept his mouth shut and done, that reminds me why Harriet Tubman shot people. It just says some people just want to, seriously, some people are just going to want to be free. And I'm not mad at them for doing that. I, I'm mad at them for not wanting everybody else to be free because you not. Leave that kid alone. Yeah, and I think the the waiver was a situation where the NFL wanted to, wanted him to sign a waiver just in case he got hurt. I think they were saying that they wanted the waiver said something about that this is not, not a, an official something, and so he can't come back to the league and say, hey, you know, I got hurt, and so now you have to, you know, do they do that to everyone? Hate else? me for the rest of my life, <laughs> huh? 
that's the point. Do they do that to everyone else? I mean, I don't know. I mean, I don't know. Uh, yeah, but that's a good point. I mean, but, you know, come on. Look look at the whole situation that, as a whole. I mean, you know, but my I think point, it's crazy. My Go point ahead. is this, Jay. When Michael Jordan sat out of the sat out of basketball for a year and played baseball, they didn't run him yeah. through no daggone workout. I mean, I know Michael J- Jordan is a phenom in basketball opposed to Colin Kaepernick, but Colin Kaepernick did not suck. So you can't say to me, yeah. you know what, prove to me that you can still throw the ball like 60 yards. You get, you, I yeah. mean, so you can find that out in about 10 minutes of a workout. You can sign him yeah. without guarantees and then wave his butt. So it ain't, it ain't like True. you're dealing with somebody who you've never seen play football before. It's not NFL right. combines where those kids have no security when they work them out and some of them get hurt at combines. He's like, no, you're not doing that to me so y'all can give me unnecessary. You need to lift 500 pounds, and then he gets hurt, and he'll be like, oh, you signed a waiver. You don't know what they were going to do. So if he does not have that guarantee, why should he take it? He's telling them already he's not coming into the league to be their boy still. You got, you just have to own your own person sometimes, you know. Yeah, you're right about that, 347-850-1272. And just one final Jay, note can I make a before comment? we move on. Absolutely. I was going to come to you. Go ahead. All right. Uh, I tell you what. Now I I just text my my my, my buddy and he he's a retired NFL player and and what he stated is that tryouts uh-huh. are, are are not open to the public, open to the media. So in that instance right there, then they 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 would have been above the board in regards to that. And okay. then I I just make this 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 comparison. Okay. Now okay. at some point I've got employees. Who run out of time? They 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 they, they theme injuries and they, they they want to come back to work. And the thing that I'm most guarded about is the fact that if they come in and have a trip slip and fall on work, now they're on workers' comp and they and they don't have to use their time. So, from a business standpoint, I don't see where the NFL was outside of the pocket. You know, you got those individuals okay. who are going to be part of the workout. If something happens to him, then they liable because they set it up, they arranged it. So to sign a waiver and say that, you know, that, that you you get no guarantees or no workers' comp or anything like that, if that was the word, and other, I think it's appropriate. Yeah. Collins played more okay. than four years, right? Yeah, Did he play yeah. in the league more than four years? Yeah, I, I don't know. Yeah. You know, it might have been right at four. He, he okay. Had three, four because ranks, you know so that's when you get your entitled for the retirement. Right, because you got to do right. five, ten, fifteen. And, yeah, so I don't think that he was at that five-year point. I think he was yeah, at but you know five. what goes Johnny, it goes it goes by four years and or how many um, how many um, quarters that you were on now, the field. Right, right, right. So it's a combination of them. I bet you he's already there. So they've made him sign a waiver yeah, because be. he's already eligible for his pension, and they could didn't be. want to take a liability. So if he would have signed that waiver, he probably would have opted out of something else that we can't see coming. It might have said right. that you're and, not and, eligible for something. Yeah, if you get yeah, hurt, because he's already under their pension, I think, because he's played long enough, and he definitely put, had enough time on the field. Because I know someone who played for like three years, and he just did not have enough time on the field in combination with his years, and they would not sign him. He ended up playing in Canada for years, yeah. for like maybe four or five more years, but they stopped mm-hmm. him just before he got his pension. The NFL right. does right. that too. Right. Oh, often, Go ahead, Jeff. Often they'll do it. Right. 
Yeah. No, I, no I, I'm just agreeing with Jerome as far as the intentional. Uh, like I say, I've, I've, I've had a chance to, you know, know, know this guy for, for years, and he played for the Jacksonville Jaguar Redskin Giants and retired, and, and you know, we, we break bread together. And it's, it's an ugly game. It's a business when it's all said and done. And I think that's why oh, yeah. you don't see the loyalty to the teams. You know, years ago, players played for the same team throughout their entire career. But now, you right. know, they, 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 they pick and choose. And he did tell me that it's an ugly game. He said, you know, at the end of his career, he said that he was looking mm-hmm. to try to get to that 15 year. And, you know, they brought him in at the league minimum. And, and he said, you know what, he, he was probably, as, as Jerome said, he was either quarters or something away. And, they was, and, and, and then he was released. Yeah, so he went ahead after that next year when nobody picked him up, he went ahead and, and retired with the 14 instead of the 15. But there would have been a, a significant increase in his retirement at the 15. Hmm. Yeah, I, I just think that, that it was a sham, man. I really do. I, I don't know. You know, look, I, I mean, and I get what you're saying, Johnny. You're right. And, you know, when I think about it now, when you when you said it, when you, when, when you said uh, you know, basically tryouts are, you know, they're usually private tryouts. You know, you're right about that. Um, but, you know, I still think it was a farce. And, and the fact that, you know, that the president of the United States got involved in this and, and the fact that I hear people all the time, well, you know, he's disrespecting the flag. You know, look, you and I probably are more qualified than anyone to determine who disrespects the flag in the military because, you know, we raised our right hand and we decided to put our life on the line for this country. And he didn't do anything to disrespect that flag. Like we said, that's what they do in the field if a soldier goes down. You kneel. And he got that advice from a veteran. So for them to sit here and put this spin on it, you know, and a real good friend of mine, which she's no longer a real good friend of mine because of what she said during this whole thing, was how I'm not going to watch NFL no more because he's disrespecting the flag. Are you serious? Are, Are you serious? Really? He's disrespecting the flag? A man well, you know that they, pisses on the freaking Constitution every time he opens his mouth, and you're saying that this guy who is kneeling because he is saying, listen, adverse things are happening to my people and no one's paying attention to it. He's disrespecting the flag. And there's a time and a place for a protest. And it's Stephen A. Smith, you know, I tell you, we had that clip queued up to pep play. That, 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 you know what, I'm starting to get so tired of him. And his nonsense. He's a big, loud mouth clown. And the only reason people listen to this fool is because he, he he's an idiot. And the, some of the stuff he says is ridiculous. And for him to sit there and, and make that make that ridiculous statement, you know, I have nothing else to say about Stephen A. Smith. You can talk about Charles Barkley all you want to. I have nothing else to say about Stephen A. Smith. It's ridiculous. Go ahead, Vanessa. I heard you trying to say something. Yeah, I was trying to see who you were talking about, but you said his name three more times, so now I know who it is. Yeah, Stephen A. Smith. Smith. I mean, he's a loudmouth clown, and, 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 you know, he he yells at the microphone so he can get attention, and everybody, oh, Stephen A. Smith, Stephen A. Smith, Stephen A. Smith, go somewhere and sit down. Just ridiculous with some of the stuff that he says. And the fact that the NFL is doing what they're doing with this guy. And, you know, and I want to just make a real quick comment. I know we're going over. But a real quick comment on the Rooney Rule. You know, the Rooney Rule was a great idea. I think that the just of the rule was great. But at the end of the day, we all know that teams found a way to get around that by, you know, and, I, and look, I applaud some of the black candidates. So look, I'm not coming here for a dog or pony show. Rumors has it you're going to hire John Gruden, so why am I coming here? Why am I coming to interview for the Raiders job when we already know you're going to hire John Gruden? 
the reports already say that you're going to hire them. So you're not going to waste my time make me look like an idiot to come out here for nothing. So, I mean, kudos to these people who, you know, decide to do the right thing. All right, we're going to step out, take a quick break. Coming up next, impeachment. Mm. Can't wait to get to this conversation. It is the best Sunday morning online radio show, period. Hi, I'm Jay, the host of the serious side of the TGRS, and I'm asking you to come join me and my friends for some serious conversation before you go to church. It's the serious side of the TGRS. Happens every Sunday morning, 9 a.m. Central Standard Time, right here on the BTR Radio Network. goes on to say uh, later in the tweet is a U.S. president's absolute right to appoint ambassadors. First of all, Ambassador Ivanovich, the Senate has a chance to confirm or deny an ambassador, do they not? Yes, advise and consent. But would you like to respond to the president's attack that everywhere you went turned bad? Well, I, I mean, I don't. I don't think I have such powers, uh, not in Mogadishu, Somalia, and not in other places. I actually think that um, where I've served over the years, um, I and others have demonstrably um, made things better, you know, for the U.S. as well as for the countries uh, that I've served in. Welcome back in three four seven eight five zero one two seven two. That was uh, Ambassador Yankovich talking about when the president live tweeted her, tweeted, threw shade on her doing her 
testimony. Man, we can talk about that. But first of all, let's say good morning like we always do to the best in the biz. Let's say good morning to the to the very lovely Vanessa May Belly from the Mac and Good morning, Vanessa. How are you? Good morning, everybody. To the smartest man in the world, Mr. Jerome Esprit in the house. Good morning, Jerome. How you doing? Hey, I'm good, man. How you doing? Just another day in paradise. The educated brother himself, the one and only Johnny D in the place to be. What's up, man? How you doing? I'm doing well, doing well. And, and you know, Jay, my, my day has been abundant uh, because of Dr. Williams. Uh, like I said, I just forgot how eloquent her voice was and glad to see that, that she has joined uh, rejoin the show this morning, definitely. Absolutely, Kathleen Williams. She's a minister. You know, obviously, so Sunday is a work day for her. We appreciate her stopping by and hanging out with us for a little bit. Kathleen always tunes in, but, you know, because of her schedule, she can't always chime in. Mr. Elias, my main man, uh, was here. Uh, him and my mother want to say hello to those two. Glad that you guys landed safely. God bless you. Love you so much. Up, so it's up to my kids. All my babies, Nicole, Alexis, Mia, good morning, good morning, good morning. And good morning to our faithful listeners and those easies in the house. Oh, look I at you. Too. That's right. You met my babies, two of my babies yesterday, absolutely. Uh, also, what's up to Easy? What's up, Easy? How you doing? Uh, what's going on, Kavina? Man, I know you listening. Once again, guys, you know how it is. If the chat room's not open, then, you know, obviously, uh, you know, I try to got to keep it even. So anyway, what's up to the pastor? I know you're in the house. Mariana Music, I am so sorry we didn't get a chance to get together last weekend. I am sorry. I am sorry. I'm sorry. Just a bad weekend. I thought you were going to be here this weekend. Not last weekend, but anyway, I hope you had a great time, your short stay in Houston. And, uh, boy, we have a lot to get into. Three four seven eight five zero one two seven two. So much show, so much to talk about, not, not enough show left. So let's get right into it with uh, impeachment talk. This past week, where people came in front of the Senate and they were spilling their guts about what's going on with the president and the Republicans, man, oh man, I tell you what, they were off their game during the whole hearings because the bottom line is, is that they couldn't hit anything that stuck. So now they've been arguing procedures. They're arguing, you know, oh my God, we need to see the whistleblower. They're just coming up with all types of nonsense, but not one person during these hearings at least from what I saw, actually said what the president did was okay. So let me start this conversation off with you, Jerome. If you've been watching the hearings, what do you think, man? Do you, uh, do you think that the Democrats are making some headway with some of the things, some of the uh, articles that they're trying to, trying to uh, impose against the president? Do you think it's a situation where it's starting to resonate because I think 13.5 million people watched the hearings this past week. Do you think they're going to change some minds, or do you think that the country's going to remain split on whether this guy should be impeached or not? Um, okay, well, first of all, I don't think the Republicans were off. I don't think they were off their game. I think they don't have a leg to stand on. So right. when somebody says something like, uh, did you rob the bank, and you say, that wasn't my car, <laughs> I don't care how you got there, <laughs> right? They, they actually started changing the subject so much that you look at them like, why won't y'all talk about the bank robbery? And they won't do it. <laughs> so I don't, I, I don't think that it is hilarious to be even. And I did watch the hearing so far, uh-huh. and as I watched that, I hate them comparing 
I watch conservatives do this, and sometimes you see liberal folks do this. Start comparing it to the OJ trial, right? Because what they're doing, just kind of as Europeans generally do, is that they are making the OJ child seem like OJ was guilty and everybody knew it, right? Not that there were dirty, cop, dirty cops and they planted stuff on them. Like, they don't want to take no responsibility. They blame them for going after the prosecutor. So they're saying the Republicans are doing the same thing. It is apples and, and, um, and gravel. It ain't even, they're not even in the same, same ball game. So the Republicans are sitting there twiddling their thumbs until um, Trump ended up trying to intimidate the witness by texting something while she was testifying. So then wow. all the Republicans started being nice to her right after mm. Adam Schiff mentioned, hey, the president just tweeted this, do you feel intimidated? And she's like, well, mm. you know, anytime somebody does that in that powerful position, you're going to feel a little intimidated. Now the Republicans had to yeah, backtrack. So they mm. got off their game because they have some kind of um, schizophrenic narcissist, um, racist supremacist in the, in the, sitting in that seat that cannot contain yeah. himself. So he's committing impeachable acts while they were on TV. And so that's why Fox News was saying that last night, or right after it happened. Fox News was saying, I think that there was two people on Fox News who were Donald Trump big supporters, and they were like, I think that's impeachable. He tried to intimidate a witness while she was testifying. They, they got yeah. off of the fact that, you know, the stuff that they were there for, he committed another act while she was testifying. So I don't know yeah. what to tell you, but those guys are... Um, you can't keep selling the people that people are just going after him unfairly, and he's actually showing you what he's doing. Yeah, it's interesting. You bring up Fox News, Brett Baer, and uh, you know Chris Wallace. Those guys seem to be, and even you know, every now and then, Judge Napolitano. Those guys are really starting to say, "Hey, look, you know, we need to call them like I'm, like we said. We need to call ball the strikes. Somebody you know, we else. Need to be careful here." Yeah, this I was mean, you just can't. On Fox can't News. It wasn't even the two normal it. people who who at least criticize him when it's oh. warranted. This was oh, really? somebody else who went in there. Yes. Cause, cause oh, yeah, the one, the one blonde him. female. Yeah, I know which one you're talking about. The one blonde no, female. No, 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 this like, is a guy. This is wrong. Yeah, oh, I, guy, I can't okay. remember the guy's name, but it, he really just okay. came out and, was, and said, hey, you know what, that's impeachable. Like, you can't, you can't intimidate a witness. No, you can't do that generally, intimidate a witness. But yeah, but but you know you bring up a good point, and, and let, me, let me go to you on this one, uh, Vanessa. You know, the, the Republicans keep talking about. Well, you know, the bottom line is these people are, you know, uh, they're hearsay. They, they they didn't hear anything. They they just happened to. You know, you need to get it straight from the source. And you know, and Jerome bring up a good point. You know, we see this all the time. I tell people all the time, think about real life. You have people who say, look, you know, I heard that so-and-so killed that man. You think that the homicide detectives is going to say, well, guess what? We're not going to talk to you because you didn't see it. You know, I mean, you weren't there. You know, if, if you pull up outside of a bank and your boys get out and run in the bank and they come out with a whole bunch of money, they tell you to drive fast. Yeah, you didn't see them rob the bank, but you can, okay, <laughs> okay. Okay, so it's it's amazing to me how they keep saying that, well, you know, they didn't hear it, they didn't hear it, but guess what? Adam Schiff threw another bomb at them saying, well, wait a minute, we have a guy who actually heard Donald Trump in the background. 
saying, hey, what's up? What's going on with the Biden investigation? So what do you think? you think the Republicans are fighting a losing battle here? Do you think this is going to resonate with the American people? Because that's who's going to be the final judge. Because the Senate is, the Senate is not going to do anything if the American people say, look, we want this guy gone, then you'll see some movement in the Senate, I think. But for the most part, what do you think, Vanessa? You think this is going to make any, any headway with the American people? You know, probably told me I shouldn't have done it. But one of his wife, one of his friends' wives posted on Facebook, I am so sick of looking at this impeachment on TV, blocking up my channels, and I'm missing my soap opera. I couldn't help myself. I couldn't help myself. I had to type, maybe they think that something historical is more important than Young and the Restless. Bobby said, Vanessa, why did you do that? <laughs> I couldn't help it. <laughs> I could not help it. You know what? You got some stupid people. Okay. Yeah, you're right. I apologize for the word stupid. <laughs> you <laughs> have apologize. some people. You have some people that <laughs> could care less, Jay, about this impeachment stuff. Because. Right. She said also, they put him in there and they knew he was a crook, so why do we have to look at this mess now? That's what her statement was, and I just couldn't let none of that stuff slide. So, to answer your question, I think it's going to take a few minutes, but I think that more people would come out and talk if Donald Trump would stop being a bully and threatening people on the slide. I also, on the other hand, think that since Stonebutt finna go look at some bars for a little while with the peace signs, I think that some of the other people are not gonna necessarily back Trump in his lies. Does that make sense what I'm saying? Because Stone got in trouble and got indicted for lying for Trump. I think that that's gonna scare some of the people not to lie for him, but I still think that Trump tweeting while people are up on the court stand, and then the man turned around and said, this is what Donald Trump is saying about you. Is there a comment that you would like to make? I think that's intimidating to people. Now, the fools who think of that Senate that people are going to show you who the whistleblower is, that's why they created the whistleblower system, is so that they can Stay hidden, incognito, and you. Every time they turn around, well, they ain't got nobody with proof. They get somebody with some proof. They ain't got nobody with this. They bring that out. Now it's the whistleblower. It doesn't matter what they bring out. The Republicans are going to continue to raise the bar and say they need something else in order to be able to impeach the president. Are they going to be able to? You mean, I don't think it's going to be as easy mm-hmm. as they think, but I think they are going to get him because he's stupid. Yeah, I call the president number 45 stupid because he is stupid and he don't know how to shut up and be quiet and not make nasty comments like when people are on pedestal on stage. I didn't look at not one drop of that. I don't know anything about it. I didn't look at it, but you didn't tweet it 13 times while people were on the stand. But the American people, Jay, and panel, and guys that are true Republicans, they don't care if he go out there and shoot somebody on Fifth Avenue, they're going to turn and ask, just like that panel did last weekend, what did they do to him? 
That's what yeah, somebody hmm. in that panel and ask them people. If Donald Trump shot somebody in the middle of the street, would y'all what would y'all do? Would y'all still vote for him? Do you know what three or four of those women said? What did they do to Donald Trump? And she just went off. She yeah. didn't go to commercial break. That was right. CNN. Well, yeah. I'm just saying, all yeah, yeah. Hey, it's gonna take a lot, y'all, to turn the Republicans against Trump. You know but it's gonna so? happen. I don't think it's going to take a lot because those guys, remember, these are the same people. We went through, what, seven years of looking for Obama's birth certificate? They're going to do what they're going to do. I don't think those are the people who we should be looking at. For some reason in this country, we always let the 30% of the people drive what the other 70% of the people do. I mean, it's just, our, it's just what we do. So being that Fox has high ratings, there's like a – it's like a, um, a reality TV show. And I think what, what's happening is that since this is, these hearings are uninterrupted and they're showing them on Fox, no matter how they spin it, it is looking, it, it, it's going to sink into everybody to look like yeah, what it is. Yeah, because they said they're, so they're many just millions not, of people were watching it. Yes, you're yeah, right. They're not just commentating over this stuff. It's different. It's different when you have somebody, uh, something going on, and then you're at work, and then you come back and somebody tells you and selectively give you clips of what it is, and they paint a picture for you. This stuff is on TV, and since it's on TV, you can go on YouTube and watch it. And when you watch it, nobody's going to look at the, uh, I don't remember her name, sorry, I don't, but the woman who testified, nobody's going to look at her and be like, oh, she's just a never-Trumper. Oh, she just. Oh she no! Just, oh no! They gave her a standing ovation. The ambassador right. yes. oh, gave no. her a standing ovation when she walked out. But here's something that this is what I. But this is what I was concerned about as I watched it, and, and, and I thought that uh, you know, uh, Chairman Schiff, Johnny D, he, he was shutting it down. He, he, there were cases where he didn't allow the Republicans to 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 say or do certain things. I said, well, I wonder how that's going to look to the American people if Republicans are saying, "See, guess it's what? The they won't allow us to do our thing." Here's an exchange. Here's an exchange between Schiff and uh, and a couple of the Republicans. And Johnny, I want to get your remarks on the other side. Mr. Chairman, I have a point of order under HRES 660. Chairman will state her point of order. Mr. Chairman, will you be prohibiting witnesses from answering members' questions as you have in the closed-door depositions? Uh, as the gentlewoman should know, if she was present for the deposition. Which I was. Mr. For Chairman. some of them, yes. Correct. Um, the, uh, the only time as I prevented witnesses from answering questions, uh, along with their counsel, was when it was apparent that members were seeking to out the whistleblower. We will do everything necessary to protect the whistleblower's identity, uh, and I'm disturbed to hear members of the committee who have in the past voiced strong support for whistleblower protections seek to undermine those protections by outing the whistleblower. So Mr. Chairman, only one member in the their staff on this list. committee has direct knowledge of the identity of the whistleblower. will suspend. You asked a parliamentary inquiry, and I am responding, or a point of order, and I am responding. We will not permit the outing of the whistleblower, and questions along those lines, counsel will inform their clients not to respond to. If necessary, I would, will intervene. Otherwise, I want members to feel free to ask any questions they like. Mr. Chairman, may I, I like the motion to make a motion, Mr. Chairman. I'm sorry. This is an opportunity for members to ask the any questions they like. The, the gentleman is not recognized. 
Um, Ms. Conaway, Chairman. I'm, I'm responding to the gentlewoman's point of order. Otherwise, members will have every opportunity to ask any questions they like. Um, Mr. Conaway, do you seek recognition for what purpose? I seek recognition. So that was just some of the testy uh, back and forth between Republicans. So, uh, so Johnny D. So, so I thought that maybe the image of him shutting them down every time they wanted to say something bizarre would resonate with the American people. Your thoughts? It, it may, Jay, but it, you know, if you're looking at Robert Rules of Order, then he was probably appropriate. I don't know if there's any different from congressional hearings or anything like that. So you certainly have to regulate those meetings and make sure that all the proceedings are in order. I didn't get an opportunity to see but the highlights and things on the impeachment. So I, I don't specifically uh, speak on that, but I do want to just kind of shape the entire uh, scenario. Um, I think what, what the American people as well as the world has been introduced to over the last two and a half, nearly three years, is really a bad episode of of The Sopranos, where you, you've got this, this, this wannabe mafioso, um, this criminal that, that's in Washington, who is, is, is clearly dealing with some, some psychological and mental health issues, and he wants to be a, a Gambino figure. If you look at the individuals who he covered, Kim Jong, Putin, uh, all of these, these dictators are the ones who he wants to admire and, and marvel in, King Abdullah and, and some other ones. So think about, think about in, in the essence of, of our day-to-day lives, okay? We use this big term, we call it a whistleblower, okay? In our communities and things, what, what criminals call it is a snitch. Now, when, when, when you seek out, you get these high-priced attorneys, and these high-priced attorneys, are able to keep criminality going on in the communities. Why? Because of these motions of discovery. They understand that if they testify against these criminals and these hooligans, that their name goes in part of this motion of discovery, which means if I get the right lawyer, I can now get access to your name. That's the same thing as the whistleblower, okay? You have a person who has obviously come forward wants to have anonymity, that's what that's the purpose of the whistleblowing. But now you got this yep. wanna be mafioso gangster who's saying, No, you tell us who it is. Think about what they did to Michael Cohen when he threatened the man's family, okay? And then Michael Cohen decided, you know what, I got to give it up because you talking about harming my wife and, 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 and my my, my, my eighty eight child, okay? But he went there with that right there. So again the protection of the whistleblower and, and you know, I'm, I'm not even surprised at what the Republican parties do at this point in time as far as continuously advocating who is it, who is it, who is it. Well, that's the same thing that, that, that criminals do in the street. But instead of calling them whistleblowers, they call them snitch. Now, let's call this what it is. With Ukraine, that's not quid pro quo, folks. That's extortion, okay? Now, once again... Yeah. You look at these, 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 these Gambino mafia families and criminals who sit back and make individuals pay for their protection. Ukraine is, is, is really the buffer between Russia and Europe. So as Ukraine goes, so goes the, the, the sanctity um, of, of, of Europe. Those boundaries are now being crossed because you've got Ukraine. So America has always been always been key in the support of Ukraine. Now, of course, with the influence that Putin has over this criminal, uh, Trump and his regime, 
understands if he softens those borders, compromises the security of that particular state and that and, and that country right there, now Russia is border with Europe. So therefore, now they can start picking at the, 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 these quote unquote Western values. So it's not about a uh, quid pro quo. It's about extortion. That's what he's done. Witness intimidation. Hmm. Well, okay. Well, now, that's exactly what he's I, doing. Exactly. I, I've got guys who, um, in years past, my my martial task force guys would be in court, and they would see some 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 gangster, some thug, where we 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 have detained and arrested some some high profile uh, fugitive or what have you, and all of a sudden they show up at court. Okay. Now they show up in court with mm-hmm. bad intentions, but you know what we would do with those individuals? We would arrest them for witness intimidation. So now here it is, you got this criminal in the highest office of the land who can send a, twet, a, a, a tweet talking about this young lady while she's on the stand, and what do we call it, okay? We call it the president's right, and we try to dismiss it. It is what it is. It's witness intimidation. So, you know, when, when you think about all that, that he continues to do, I think that the efforts are fruitless, and, and this is why I say this here. You look at the elections. You look at Kentucky, and then last night I, I, I was sitting there reading one of my, my, my articles on, on my phone, and they talked about New Orleans, okay, and the gubernatorial yep. race in New Orleans. You look at the gubernatorial race in Kentucky. So maybe we not changing – maybe it's not changing the minds of the Republicans, but certainly those individuals who are sitting there in, in between the independents, it must be moving someone because they are losing election after election, and some of his strongholds. In 2016, now being weaned away. So the only way that he can clearly be reelected, okay, he's going to get that 37% that they keep talking about so earnestly. He's going to get that. The only way he can do it again is that he's got to steal it. And also the African-Americans have to abort the polls like they did in 2016. If we do that, then he stands a high chance of winning it again. So that's why I think that you see some of these third-party candidates. That's why I think you see a watered-down group of individuals who's not messaging the African-Americans. But we can't be fooled. We can't be fooled by that right there. We have got to go to the polls to get this, this criminal up out of the White House, period. Wow, well said. Now, the man who I now, I mentioned earlier in the show that Mr. Elias was here, uh, you know, loved the brother to death. Well, he said he'd be here by the third set, and even though we're over, he is in the house. Mr. Elias is here. What's up, man? How you doing? I'm doing great, sir. How you doing? Good morning, doing Les. Mr. Good morning, Nesta. <laughs> right, I enjoyed dinner with you yesterday, Les. I enjoyed it myself, darling. <laughs> okay. All right. Okay. All right. So now we're we're bleeding into Jerome's time, but I want to definitely, you know, since you no, made no, that hard trip it. to get back to where you have to go. Listen, man. Let's talk about this. This impeachment situation has begun. You and I had some conversations while you were here. You know, g- give me your thoughts on this thing, man. Do you think that this well, is going to make uh, make some noise with the uh, with the American people, or do you think that when it's all said and done? People have pretty much made their decision. It doesn't matter what comes out. Uh, bottom line is the country's going to be split on this thing. Well, bottom line is that his his support is not going to dwindle. They, <coughs> excuse me. They are who they are. But what it is, like I'm like what Johnny just said, the independents, they're leaning away from it. 
they're 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 definitely in the way from and 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 when you brought up Schiff about what he was doing, the Republicans brought this into play. This was Boehner's rule. It's what they're following, brother. And and Schiff is following Boehner's rule to the point where that if you are uh, you cannot uh, give your time to somebody else if you're not a senior member of the. Uh, of the uh, of the uh, of the Senate, you cannot yield your time to them. So this is Boehner's rule. I, I found that out the other night, and Schiff is following it to the to the utmost law. The Republicans are getting back what they put out there. So bottom line, whether it looks bad to the American people, Adam Schiff is following what the Republicans put out. Yeah, I think the House rules, I think in the beginning, the the, the, the big exchange was when uh, Devin Nunes tried to turn his time over, open, opening statements, he tried to turn his time over to a member, and, and you know, send it, you know, and Adam, Adam Schiff shut that down and says, no, the first 45 minutes goes to you and your counsel. After that, every member will have the opportunity to uh, have a five-minute Q&A session with the witness, and they can you know, at some point in time, if they don't use all their time, they can, you know, they can turn their time over to another member. It's just the fact that in that beginning, when uh, yeah. Adam Schiff no. and Devin Nunes tried to, well, listen, they do it all the time. I've been mean, watching it all week. I mean, I, hey, I, I defer the remainder of my time to whomever, and they do it they all do the time. Rules when they went in there, member, they're not supposed to defer it. If it's not a senior member, from what I've seen in the and the and the, the banner and the banner, they call it the banner rule of order. Is that if it's not a senior member, they cannot defer their, their their time over to a junior member. You cannot do it. Okay, well, I mean, I see. I, well, I don't know if they're senior. I just know they do it. I just know that the one situation that really played out for everybody when Nunez tried to try to give his time to a to one of the members and 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 uh, shift shut that down, saying, "Nope, that time is either for you. You have 45 minutes." And I think what he was trying to do was, and I, now when I say that out loud, he was trying to turn his time over to give that member more than, you know, five minutes to, to talk. He had 45 minutes for his Q&A and for the House counsel, the GOP counsel, to question uh, the ambassador. And so he tried to give that time. Mm-hmm. He was like, oh, no, that's between that's for you and the attorney. So, so yeah, but, Jerome, right. you were saying something before we get out of here. What were you saying, Jerome? No, they established the rules for the inquiry. Um specifically for their behavior. And they were breaking the rules knowingly that they were breaking the rules. So they were trying to add stuff yeah. in. They were trying to stall it and draw it out. It just did not work because, you know, he calmly was like, um, chair doesn't recognize you. That means just shut up. He didn't yell at them. He didn't do anything, right? He made them stick to their rules. So if they knew what the rules were. They don't set the rules in there. They can complain all they want to. But when Boehner set the rules, the Democrats had to listen. So they set the rules. What are you gonna do? Oh yeah, even back when even when Nunes was the chair. Well, yeah, of course. Yep, of course. I mean, you you know, yeah, I I watched the the Benghazi stuff. How they were shutting Democrats down. Now the shoes on the other foot. They don't like it. You know, it's it's amazing. (laughs) There was a part where Jim Joe was like, really. Oh my God! Unbel- you know, stop it! You know this drama queen stuff. You know the rules. What you're doing is you're playing on the American public's uh, ignorance of the rules. So they'll say, "Oh my God, I can't believe it." We'll let them talk. Well, those are the rules. Follow the rules. Yeah, stop trying to pretend that you don't know what the rules are. Period. That's the what Democrats they let them slide right. with that much too. They let them slide. So what you say, Jerome? I said the Democrats let them slide with that too much. Right? Republicans get yeah, in control. They yeah. change the rules to everything. 
The Democrats won't change it. They'll say, well, abide by your own rules. The Democrats are changing yeah. back by right. They can change a rule all they want to, but they won't do yeah, it. That's right. And, and it hinders you. It's like when you watch black folks get into certain positions, like you take Obama. I would have pardoned all of the Black Panthers who were un- who were arrested unjustly yep. for the pardon uh, Marcus Garvey, Asada Shakur. I would have pardoned all of them. But we play by the doggone rules. Trump gets in there, he's like, yo, I'm going, you killed 12 people in Afghanistan, you committed murder, I'm going to pardon you. I don't know if you guys saw that yeah. this week. But he pardoned Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The military yep. said, do not pardon them, yep. they committed murder. And he pardoned them anyway. Yep. And they're on TV yep. with their families like, I'm just happy Trump was looking out for us. You're in, you <laughs> are creating an environment that is sick. What's that, Vanessa? Yeah. yeah. No, no yeah. she was just I'm laughing. Yeah, they, they committed murder. They committed murder. Yeah, they committed yeah. murder. And, you and know, I'm even think about Sheriff Papaya. Think about that sheriff in yeah. Arizona. He was convicted, thrown in jail for what he was doing. And, you know, first thing he did was with Arizona and pardon him. I mean, this guy is a but, joke. But think about, for think people about, who don't see this, it's unreal. But think about Cheney and Runsdale committing war crimes, right? So when oh, they wow, tried yeah. to subpoena them to bring them to, uh, it wasn't Switzerland. I can't remember where it was. They won't let them come out of the country. And I think they're all still oh, yeah, scared because yeah. there's still international warrants out for them. But the Democrats right. can come in and That's be right. like, well, you did break the law. So even with these guys, I'm fearful that when Trump is out of office, that they are not going to, first of all, they need to um, get rid of the people who he put in permanent um, um, judge roles on the federal circuit. Oh, what about the one guy? Speaking of which, yeah. you saw this past week, the one guy that they put on the bench. Never tried a case. Never. I mean, it's ridiculous. And, and they showed a clip of Senator Kennedy from Louisiana saying, "Sure, you just hasn't been forthright, but guess what? He voted for him." I mean, these people are ridiculous. Right. And so, but, but when we talk about is, Trump getting out of office, let me tell you something. He, he gonna be out of office, all right? But I tell you, the Southern District of New York will be waiting for him. I think he's gonna end up doing some jail time. That's just my personal. Yeah. My personal. Let me tell you that you know that I'm not doing any any of these presidential campaigns because if I was. I would be running on the fact that we need to get all of these criminals that he put into that system. We need to get them out, and we need to start changing this country in a way that's going to reflect some values in this piece, right? And I would just go – I would would tell them a clean house. Go ahead. You know, y'all are speaking of that. You mean like the lady who is over the school, uh, uh, all of the schools, her children went to private school. And, and 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 Trump put her in position. Okay, let's talk about the black man, the Uncle Tom. He don't know nothing about housing. He was a doctor. Ben so, right. I don't I don't yeah. understand. Carlson, Carlson, I don't understand yeah. how he can thing, I would run a campaign that would be talking about cleaning house. You don't have to just clean yep. Yeah, you don't have to talk clean about house. just corruption. You're talking about even in the State Department and the Department of Justice. Um, all of the people that need to go along with the attorney general. And I would literally say that, you know, first of all, we need to see what improprieties and, and uh, um, illegal conduct that our attorney general has had. We have seen this on TV. Why are we not talking about this? And the problem is, is that they think that it's going to scare rural white folks. We run this country worried about rural white folks too much. And I'm not saying you can't worry about them. 
I'm saying they, they have a higher premium on them, so everybody campaigns towards them. And they're not even the majority of the doggone country, right? We are all in this together, so technically whatever affects us, um, uh, affects one of us, affects all of us. But they don't say anything like the majority of welfare money goes to rural white folks. That's where our welfare money goes. But then when they want to talk about welfare, they talk about people in inner cities. So there's this whole thing about deflecting when we start having, like, reasonable conversations or conversations that should be reasonable. Somebody needs to speak plain English. And the problem that we're having with the presidential race, and I want to predict this right now, the next debate, Biden is going to show his butt. Because everybody's going to be like, where was that Biden? If I was running his campaign, he would show his butt on this one. The rest of them, I can care less on. But now that people can't say he was the forerunner and he was weak and we coronated him, they, they won't say that now. Right now, if Biden shows out right now, everybody would just fall back in place. They'll fall naturally hmm. where they need to be. But I wouldn't have done that Three four seven eight five zero one two seven two. All right, listen. Here's the deal. We're gonna keep keep going until it's time for final thoughts, and then what we're gonna do, if Jerome wants, we're gonna go in overtime, and we're gonna do uh, on the needs and no basis because you know, once again, the majority of people listen to the show, listen to the show through podcasts and through the week anyway. So it's not like you're, you're losing a big big audience. You're not really losing a big audience at all. Most of our listeners listen at their leisure, so we'll definitely you'll get it today. There's no doubt about it. But let me ask you something, because you said since we're we're kind of wading this pool, and let me let me ask this question to you, John. There are reports that Kamala Harris's campaign is in disarray, and that uh, you know she pulled people from one from New Hampshire, brought them into Iowa. She's still polling at three percent. They're saying that it's on. It looks like the end is near for her campaign. What do you think, man? Her lasting impact is going to be on this thing. Do you do you honestly think that she can make any waves? Moving forward with the reports that are coming out, yeah, she she gets big crowds and all, but the bottom line is internally there are issues. She's not polling well, you know. She seems to be her, she doesn't really have a message that she's putting out there that makes sense, um, and that's probably the reason why you see you know Deval Patrick and Mike Bloomberg they're nervous on the crop of Democrats that we have out there saying, hey, we need somebody that's going to beat them. I don't know why they think they can be the ones, but, you know, hey, whatever. But what do you think, man? Do you think that both Kamala Harris and Cory Booker, man, how long do you anticipate them remaining in this race? And do and can either one of those guys say, okay, I may not win, but, but maybe I can be a vice president uh, candidate for whoever the eventual nominee is? No and no. No, I don't think that they can win, and no, I don't think that either of them will be considered for a vice president position. Now, I will say this here. I I thought Kamala Harris was in a perfect position to potentially be a, 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 a running mate for the for the president, uh, who, the Democratic uh, nominee. I thought that she nominee. would be a formidable individual as far as vice president. And then I'll say, well, you know what, maybe she can't get that. Maybe if uh, she does well in the polling, perhaps she can be the attorney general. But I certainly saw her being a, a cabinet-level uh, person, um, if not the VP. Well, of course, she goes right out there on stage and and. and, and she shoots her best shot right off the top, and everybody applauds her, and she's the the, 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 
the get it go girl for a while, but the yeah. reality of it is that she really doesn't have a whole lot of substance. Um, I, I just I just see her her, her dwindling. Uh, at some point, I think that she will concede. Uh, probably after Iowa, maybe South Carolina, because what she doesn't do in South Carolina, she may not be able to to regain. So she may stick around long enough for that. With with Cory Booker, I think Cory Booker will stay in long enough to to try to to try to at least remain a, a namesake. I, I think he finally understands now, probably have for a while, that he's not going to be a a, a candidate. Um, uh, the, the the Democratic nominee, and nor will he probably be asked to be on the ticket as the vice president. Will he get a, a, a cabinet-level position? It's a possibility, but whomever uh, his base is, and right now no one can figure that out, if he even has a base, you know, it's like uh, Beto O'Rourke. Beto O'Rourke has a base. And he has political capital in his money, so he's going to always be formidable. Somebody's going to want his endorsement down the line. So at this point in time for him, it really is about endorsement. It's really about getting down there at, 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 at wit's end. And when you've got the last three uh, Democratic um, nominees and, and, you know, a Cory Booker or Kamala Harris can come out and say, you know, I'm supporting such and such, that gives you the political capital. I think that at this point in time, that's probably the best that they can can manufacture. Uh, my wife actually went to see uh, Kamala Harris uh, when she was in, in, in this area here. And, uh, you know, uh, I, I talked to her and uh, pretty, you know, unimpressive as far as the conversation that, that, that she had. But uh, certainly uh, going to be supportive. Unimpressive. Unimpressive. Oh, wow. Uh, yes. Definitely. Um, like I say, there, there's no message there, you know, uh, and, and I think the no. more you see her, the less substance she seems to have. Her political capital uh, really will come in, in an endorsement if she's able to muster a, a base and then also start swaying towards a specific agenda where she can align with maybe one of the, the candidates. I, I don't think she needs to to, to, to to, to anger herself towards Warren. I don't think uh, Bernie Sanders has a chance. Uh, Budacek, I, I hear, is leading in Iowa, but that's not, that's, you know, that, that that's yeah. no swan song right there as far as Iowa, yeah. because I think the last couple of elections, they haven't predicted the, 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 the right candidate. So they no longer have that political prowess as well. So I don't know if she goes that route. I would like to see her kind of lock, lock in and just say, you know what, um, my bad, uh, Joe Biden. My bad on that right there. You know what? Uh, but this is what I this is what I need to do at this point in time because she, hey, she 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 went there and now she will, you know, she went there and and you know certainly uh, Tully Blanchard um, kind of kind of knocked her to her knees yeah. a little bit and I just don't think yeah, yeah Tully Gabbard. I, I I guess I'm thinking about wrestling. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, but uh, she knocked her to a knee. <laughs> yeah, some people sitting out there talking about what are you talking about, Tony Blanchett? Okay, but uh, nevertheless, I think when she knocked her to a knee, she really hasn't uh, been able to recover since then. Yeah, well, you think about it though, just just to play along with what you had to say there. You think about her. Everyone that came out to buy near sucking. You look at what's going on with uh, uh, Castro. He's he he's not even going to be on stage this time around. Court Booker. You know, he's bleeding by the seams. You know, her, I mean, just, hey, leave the man alone. 
and just stay in your lane, you know. She's that little girl. I wonder how much money she got from those T-shirts because I'm telling you right now, that's the only thing that she has left to lay her hat on, and it's unfortunate, but uh, it is what it is at the stage. All right. All right, we're going to give our final thoughts. After our final thoughts, we're going to tune in to my favorite part of the show on a need-to-know basis, and you know when it's after hours. <laughs> Don't tell her what you get from Jerome. So <laughs> it's time for final thoughts for the live audience. Vanessa, your first final thoughts. Um, my final thought was, um, people, please uh, continue to look uh, at the impeachment proceedings that is taking place and encourage uh, other people to look at it as well so that people can make up their own mind as to what they think about this president and the impeachment process. And it's going to be something in the history books that will be discussed with your grandchildren. Um, so to say that, I say I am at church and I am praying for a blessing in the Las Vegas tournament next week that I'm leaving for tomorrow. And I'm asking that the panel set up some prayers for me and Bobby as well in this tournament. So I love y'all, and I will talk to y'all next week. <laughs> She's asking God for prayers that? as she goes and gambles. <laughs> Boy, listen to you. All right. God bless you. Safe travels. You Traveling great, sweetie. You and we'll see you God next week. For a financial blessing. Are you crazy, Jack? You go to church. <laughs> you gambling. Stop it. Anyway, you good. Hey, look. I'm going to ask sweetie, you love you. about we'll walking this door. Hey, ask this given. You gotta ask. You gotta ask, Vanessa. That's right. <laughs> Look, don't That's listen right. to that either. <laughs> all right, okay, Vanessa. Don't let my heart break here. All of us. Uh, <laughs> crazy. All right, man. Johnny D, man. Final thoughts. Johnny D, go ahead. You know, I tell you what. Every week, Miss <laughs> Vanessa makes retirement sound that much more. Promising to me, and God's will, my purpose. I'm, I'm, I'm gonna do these last several and, and, and serve out, and uh, maybe I'll be able to join her in Las Vegas. But uh, unfortunately, I won't be able to, to tune in to, to 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 Jerome's piece. I too love that the, the, the value of what he adds. Uh, typically, right at 12 o'clock, I, I go into another phase of my life, so I'm gonna check out. But like I say, appreciate you all for letting me be a part of. The contributors in this show, this forum, this venue, and thank all the people who allow us an opportunity to come into your homes each week. God bless you and be safe. Hey, man, be safe, man. We're Love family. you. All right, Jerome, man, final thoughts. Hey, you know, um, you know, like Vanessa said, you don't let this stuff frustrate you. This is history. People don't get impeached every day. And apparently some people should be getting impeached every day, but don't let it frustrate you. It's boring <laughs> for a reason. They have procedures that they need to go through, and you need to listen closely to what is going on because what you're going to find out is that it's a whole lot uglier than even we talk about here on Sunday. So peace out, have a good week, and watch the rest of the hearings um, so that you can be informed next time you go vote. Everybody have a good week. Oh, man. The man the man who gets the first and last word here on the serious side, the one and only Mr. L to the E to the S, final thoughts, man. Look, folks, you know what? Watch the impeachment hearings. And, and folks, dive into why they're doing what they're doing. Because a lot of folks will, will make an, an assertion and, an, and a, uh, 
a judgment call for no reason at all. So just watch the impeachment hearing, get out and vote, and you don't have a vo- if you don't vote, you don't have a voice. That's just, you know, basically it. You don't vo- you don't have a voice. You know how you can't talk, you can't say anything. Absolutely. My final thoughts are going to be short and sweet. I appreciate you and Mama coming to see me. I love you guys to pieces, and there's nothing I would never, ever do that I won't do for you. I mean, that's just the way I feel about it. And on that well, note, I appreciate the work, man. I appreciate it. I appreciate the hospitality, my brother. Shut up. On, on, <laughs> sorry, Mr. Elias. If it's Sunday and we're talking serious stuff, what time is it, my friend? Crazy. It's time for the serious side of the day. Wow. Actually, it is time for all the need-to-know basis with our dear friend Jerome Black. For Vanessa, for Johnny, for Mr. Elias, and for uh, Jerome and me and Vanessa. Have a great week. And remember, it's Sunday and we're talking serious stuff. It is the serious side. God bless. We'll see you next week. The first lady dazzles on election night in a... Tell me, what do you want me to do? Pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America. Hey, that's what I'm talking about. You know what time it is, folks. If you're listening, you know dang on what. We cannot do a show without having on a need-to-know basis with our main man, Mr. Jerome. Mr. Freeman, Jerome, man, what do you have for us today? I know y'all know how much I like overtime. Uh, <laughs> overtime <laughs> conversation. Here we go. Because I can talk about some stuff that I normally don't talk about. First thing I want to talk Well, wait a minute. First thing I want to talk about is why everybody was in Houston and I wasn't there. That's all. We're going to save that one for our next overtime. And <laughs> hey, you be coming to Houston under the dark of night, man. Hey, I was in Houston last week. What? Hey, <laughs> you know you I were here. I was like, wait a minute. Huh? Guys, there was a party going on. Ain't nobody called me. All right. <laughs> and now, and now, now, now Vanessa's gallivanting out to Vegas. Like, all oh, this is going on. Y'all passing me, man. You need to have a talk. I I have a Mar- me. Mariana was here last week, man. What's hey. going on, man? Jeez. <laughs> you know, see, that is just wrong. Jay trying to keep cuteness to herself, but I ain't gonna say nothing about that. <laughs> no, 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 no. I didn't even see her. It, I didn't even get a chance to see her. So, <laughs> no, no. that was a joke. I, I didn't get a chance to see her. I'm just saying. I'm just putting that out there. <laughs> I met her before, once. <laughs> when you start getting your emails and stuff, I've never seen her before. I just said that. <laughs> All right. All right. So our first story. Um, you know, they said an asteroid the size of two football fields is traveling 600,000 miles um, and is going to pass within 900,000 miles of Earth. So uh, mm. technically, you won't see it, but it's unusual for a space rock that size um, to pass us. They're usually a whole lot smaller, but they said that they usually pass us. So I just want to let you know, every time you watch those movies like um, – what what is it called when some asteroid hits us? That one just got close. What was it called? Uh, what's the name? Uh, uh, I can't remember. It's in the Bible. Uh, what is the name? Uh, uh, Armageddon. Armageddon. Yes. Yeah. Watching those movies, and you know, it's funny that NASA is like, we need to send up a a space team to intercept asteroids. Let something hit you going sixty five thousand miles an hour and see how that <laughs> see how that's gonna feel. Really. 
really? <laughs> that's not good. Now, the U.S. drug overdose overdose um, death toll has fallen for the second year in a row. It declined 2% from 2018 to 2019, is according to the CDC, after nearly two decades of mounting over drug overdoses um, in the U.S. Um, it's driven by opioid the opioid epidemic and estimates mm. 1.8 fewer people died of overdoses between April 2019 and 2018. Wow. I don't know. I, they never kept numbers like this on crack, so I'm, I'm going to move on. No, they didn't. I just say, hey, you know, <laughs> yeah. just say no. Yeah, just say no. Here's your, just yeah. say no. <laughs> Here's your brain on opioids. This is getting Nancy really? Reagan uh, commercial back out. Okay. Really? Now, America has let in zero refugees last month for the first time since records began. Now, hundreds of refugees who have been cleared for arrival in the U.S. were held up um, by the delayed signing of Trump's order aimed at limiting the number entering the country. So they let zero in. And this kind of falls into the Stephen Miller um Emails that were released last week about all of his racist, mm-hmm. neo-Nazi yep. propaganda yep. stuff that's going now. Again, if anybody's surprised, you have not been paying attention. But mm. his right, so their immigration policies are reflecting this, and it's the first time since records have been kept that America has let in zero refugees. Wow. No, um, that is yeah, no, no. Yeah, Chinese consumers splurged $1 billion within 68 seconds of the world's largest online shopping spree that leaves Black Friday to dust. So Chinese consumers um, spent a record amount on their country's main e-commerce website during an annual Singles Day buying spree is what they call call it. It's the world's biggest 24-hour shopping event. Now, if they could have shipped here, I would have been on with them. <laughs> I'm sure they had some yeah. sales going like a bus. <laughs> like, wait a minute. All right, so African-American women who help America dominate um, aeronautics and um, space research and computer technology during World War II were set to receive a congressional gold medals, medals after Hidden Figures um, Congressional, that's what it's called, the Hidden Figures Congressional Gold Medal Act was signed into an, uh, was signed. The story of recipients Kathleen Johnson, Dorothy Vaughn, and Mary Jackson prepared astronaut John Glenn for his 1962 orbital mission as the U.S. beat the Soviet Union in the space race, apparently, as was mm-hmm. told by the Oscar-nominated movie Hidden Figures, which depicts um, their simultaneous struggle against sexism and racism at a time of segregation. So not mm. only were they discriminated against for sex, then race, and they still was better than everybody else. Yeah. Now, I watched imagine, that movie, man. I was proud. Yeah, imagine how much farther we would be along, even as a country, if we weren't oppressed. Because mm. we are still wow. oppressed. Like, but among, yeah, but, kidding, yeah. yeah uh, imagine how far... Well, again, Colin Kaepernick would have been in the league. Donovan McNabb wouldn't have left. Like, there's a lot of people. Joe Gilliam would have started uh, for Pittsburgh years ago <laughs> after Terry yep. Bradshaw. Yeah, the, the, brother, the, first brother, the first brother did open-heart surgery. My brother created the stoplight. Come on, man. 
Let's be yeah. real. You know, yeah, yeah the design the helicopter. We the yeah. trick is that we know all of this stuff, but this it should give us a source source of strength. But it makes white folks mad to even hear us say it, and that means that they need to deal with themselves. That's not our issue. They need to figure out why they're mad when we say things like that. Because it's true. John Dove has the patent on laser lake te- technology. So technically, the CD-ROM, laser disc, all that technology, he invented that in 1968. And J. Edgar Hoover wow. threw him in jail. Well, he threw him hmm. in jail. He put him up under the hot lights for a few days. So they, they kept saying, what country do you work for? Just because a black man invented that and has the patent on it. So wow. our technology, even when you talk about what Kathleen Johnson has done and Dorothy Vaughn and Mary Jackson, all these other people who have done some great things on the technology side, um, they get scrutiny before even people even accept their technology. And yeah. I had this conversation about, you know, Eli Whitney inventing the cotton gin, right? When did you ever know a slave owner to say, Hey, you know what would be easy for y'all to pay cotton? <laughs> like, that didn't happen. Some, a slave invented the cotton gin. They couldn't patent back in the day, so the slave master patented his invention. And we go around here now talking about Eli Whitney invented something. He invented something. Mm. He, he, um, he was a slave master that did, the slave who invented it, he patented on his behalf and kept all the money. He said, we rich now, mm. aren't we? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right. Now, um. You know, Bernard Tyson, who was the first African-American to become CEO of a health care giant, Kaiser, um, he passed away unexpectedly at 60. Jeez. Wow. So Bernard Tyson, yeah, he's the first African-American to head that pharmaceutical company. He took the position in 2013 after filing a number um, – he, he filled a number of roles over three decades with that company. You talk hmm. about conspiracy theory, a pharmaceutical company? Hmm. Yeah. Really? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Really? Right. Walgreens um, may be bought in the largest private deal in history worth $55 billion. That. Did you see that? Yeah, I saw that. I was like, wow. But they yeah. said Walgreens is losing money hand over fist right now because of the uh, – uh, who somebody's not buying uh, something from them now. Yeah, I, I don't know. I know their their competition with CVS and Amazon and all this is kind of bringing their numbers down as well. But they said that drugstore chain last week asked um, um, task firms with investigating whether or not the private deal was feasible. Then KKR and company made a formal approach to buy it, which again is like Bain Capital. So you know what's going to happen with Walgreens if a private holding company get a hold of them. Really? So we, we can see this coming a mile away. Now, Amazon confirms that it will open its first branded grocery stores designed as cheaper alternatives to Whole Foods. Now, the company hasn't released any details. Um, they didn't say what the, the – it's not going to be called the Whole Foods store. They didn't say what was going to be in their first grocery store or um, what the name is going to be, but they actually have – um, petition some areas to buy land to build grocery stores. So that's how we know. Amazon's going to have their first grocery store. All right. Um, Gloria. Now getting, like I said, we were talking before, Jerome. Everybody's getting away from these brick and mortar stores, and Amazon is bringing them back. 
the same exactly, people because the main people who made them get rid of them. Wow. Exactly. See, that's that's how life goes, right? If you fall for that bull and say, hey, everybody's doing this and blah, 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 they know that people don't buy stuff unless they touch, taste, and feel it. They may be making a lot of money online, but I guarantee you people spend just as much money in the real world as they do in the cyber shopping field. Because mm-hmm. when you need some milk, you're not going to... You're not gonna order online like that. You're not gonna be like, oh, I need, I, I need some toilet paper. It's like, let me, let me pull up my Amazon. Let me see what I can get here so I can go into the bathroom. All right. So, um, you know, Gloria Steinem blasted Ti's virginity check for his daughter, who's 18. I want to talk about this. We should have did a whole segment on this. But if you don't know the story, Ti said that mm-hmm. he. His yearly uh, gynecologist checkup for his daughter, I would say her name. Yeah, I mean, she, they've had a TV show, and I feel some kind of way. She's only 18. But anyway, his 18-year-old daughter gets uh, a check every year to see if um, she's been having sex, I guess is kind of what they're saying. But a right. series of doctors and nurses say a virginity test, first of all, they're unreliable humiliating and painful so you can um um split your what is it that their hymen you can do that mm-hmm. right in the horse so it does not mean that you had sex just because they're checking that to see if you've had sex but it seems kind of sick but i ain't i don't even know what to think of yeah. that story I, yeah. I i don't either man when i heard that story i was like okay man what is wrong with you yeah, yeah. I don't know why he would really? even say that out loud. Like why he would tell folks that he that he dis, does that, and why he would still do it. It just I really? don't know. Yeah, yeah. It, either trust her or don't. <laughs> but beyond yeah. that, all right. Now, a Louisiana judge sparked outrage by offering a lower rapist, like what he he lowered a rapist. 12-year-old prison sentence if he paid the victim $150,000. So Judge Bruce Bennett sentenced this guy um, Cedric Hills 44 to a 12-year prison sentence last week for raping a woman whose identity is being projected. Um, She was 15 years old. And he says, if you Mm. give her $150,000, I'm going to lower your he's going to lower his sentence. Wow. Now, I would play black or white on this, but we know that it was not a black person. <laughs> like, it wouldn't even be bad. Kidding, man. No. <laughs> yeah. Now, more than a thousand members of a neo-Nazi website was exposed to, was exposed in a data dump. And, may, um, and many are found to be ex or active military personnel. So, an anonymous hacker released that data of over 100 members of this neo-Nazi website um, I guess it's called Iron March is what it's called. And um, the data included chats between members and that revealed that they were ex and active military personnel. I think we knew that wow. about the military generally. All right. Um, yeah. Now, a top border official this week admits that the Trump administration has built zero new sections of the border wall one year after the, <laughs> <laughs> the election. And... Um, he has a, a a title of acting, right? He's the acting head of Customs and Border Protection. A guy's name is Mark Morgan. He confirmed that the administration has not yet built 
any border wall in areas that there wasn't a previous barrier in place. All they did was replace what was there, but they built zero, not even an inch. Yeah, that was that was a uh, he probably he's probably gonna get fired. But since he's acting, they can't get anybody confirmed in there anyway, so it may not matter. You ain't kidding. Well, now a federal judge appointed by Donald Trump rejects his bid. Donald Trump's bid to sue New York state officials in Washington, D.C. to stop his tax returns from being held uh, handed over to Democrats. So this Trump-appointed federal judge dismissed a lawsuit on Monday against New York State's Attorney General and State Tax Commissioner, ruling that D.C. court does not have any jurisdiction over the matter. I think he would have known that, but he's so used to suing people, he thinks he could just stop. Each state, let me help Donald Trump here out. Each state has its own constitution for, for a reason, and they're their own mini-country. And you can't stop a state prosecution from the federal level. If the state's prosecuting you, you can't do it. You can't even pardon them from state really? stuff. That is a really? part of how, yeah, somebody need to give um, Donald Trump a, a, a civics class. I'm That's surprised he has not have. Say, I appreciate, what'd you say? That's why I was asking my niece. I said, was well, that... Roger Stone, was that federal or state? And she's like, it's federal. I'm like, oh, well, Trump's going to pardon him eventually. Yeah, but think about it this yeah. way. If he pardons him, think about what he's pardoning for. If he pardons him for obstructing Congress and lying to investigators about something that has to do with Trump, that's an impeachment offense. Think about the timing. Mm. So he can't yeah. pardon him now. Because he's going through impeachment, because that will also be an impeachment offense. And then, if he pardons him, um, he would actually have to be—he would have to tell—he would have to admit to his crimes, and then go back and be interviewed about what he lied about and what he was covering up. That's a tricky thing to get an impeachment when you can still be investigated. And knowing that New York State still has outstanding questions, and they are actually going through some of still the Mueller stuff. So if he takes the the um, pardon, he's going to get interviewed, and if he lies, he'll still go back to jail. So this is going to be tricky. I'm sure they were talking about that, but then they told him the risk of pardoning him. Then he'd be obligated to tell the truth about what he was pardoned for. And he'd be like, yeah, wow. Trump told me to do it. We all knew what was going on with mm. He's like, he would have to admit it. He was already found guilty mm. of it, but, yeah, that pardon would do him in a little bit worse. Now, two of Rick Perry's closest political allies got Ukrainian oil and gas deals after the energy secretary gave their names to the country's new president as energy advisors. So Perry gave Michael um, Blazier and Alex um, Cranberg's name to the new government of Ukraine at his inauguration. A month later, Hmm. they all got a 50-year oil and gas deal. That's why Perry wants wow. to resign. He yeah. should be in jail. Mm-hmm. Man. Wow. Right. And speaking he's of that, you know, prominent um, Republican congressman is what they call him because I don't think he's prominent. He's just a, a, a crazy person. Peter King is joined, he joins the party's exodus from the House, becoming the 23rd member to quit their district, aim fears of even a bigger blue wave in 2020. So Republican Congressman Peter King announced on Monday that he will not be seeking re-election for the House of Representatives. And um, 
the G, G, the GOP's exit in the lower chamber um, cycle, that's 51 Republicans now have resigned or retired since Trump's been in office. Now, during the same time doing Obama, 23 um, Democrats left, but Trump's at 51. This sweep is going to be bigger than the last one. The last one was bigger than anything prior to it. That's why I don't understand presidential race why them why um you know bloomberg and all those guys are trying to jump into the race it's because rich democrats don't have a home to go to yet and they are getting scared so that's not the people that's not the voters that's the donor class so biden doesn't have a lot of money because he's spending a ton of money and um they're getting a little worried but on the ground the Republicans are running like roaches when the light cut on, if you know what that means. <laughs> <laughs> like they're gone. All right. Um, you know, Adam Schiff, of course, we talked about that, who is leading the impeachment inquiry, um, said he can already see clear arguments that Trump committed bribery as well as high crimes and misdemeanors. So I'll let that one ride like it always has been. Um, but this one is a little bit more interesting to me. You know, former Alaskan governor Sarah Palin and crazy vice presidential candidate has revealed that she has learned that her husband was seeking a divorce through email from his attorney. So she oh, told wow. the broadcaster that she received the email on June 19th from their attorney almost three months before Todd filed for divorce on his birthday in September. So she said they had just, uh, she described it came right after their 31st wedding anniversary and was devastating. She said, I thought I got shot, is what she said. However, Kaylin said the couple was going through counseling and their marriage isn't over. It ain't over. You know, mm. it's like Teddy's jam. <laughs> it ain't over. She's, she's fighting that dude. So she said that uh, the attorneys are getting rich off of them, but Todd moved to dissolve the marriage uh, was filed in Anchorage Supre- um, Superior Court. Mm. Oh, he and, and he cited um, incompatible incompatibility of temperament. That's what he filed as. But shoot, he should have known that when he met her. Yeah. Anywho, a whole other story. Mm. <laughs> now, a nurse executive was fired after her boss told her, "I don't want any. I don't want a black person walking around here in a suit." And the black person won $6 million in a discrimination suit. So Rebecca McCarthy claimed that she was fired from her role as vice president of One Care Senior Rehabilitation System um, Center in New Jersey because she was black and she won $6 million. So keep discriminating against black people. As um, long as y'all keep paying, y'all learn to keep your, keep your inside voice inside. <laughs> That's all I'm going to say about that. <laughs> Now, a wrongly convicted man who was 49 spent 11 years in prison for a string of robberies is exonerated after DNA, it, um, after the DA admitted that his alibis were truthful and not properly investigated. So Damn. Ruben Martinez Jr. spent 11 years in prison and was exonerated on Tuesday. Now, mm. I don't know how much money they can pay you for this, but it, that's and ridiculous. Spend that much time in jail for that. Mm-hmm. Now, okay, you know what? We did talk about this, so I'll do this really quick. Um, Stephen A. Smith and ESPN has reached a massive new deal that he's getting $8 million a year, making him the highest paid sportscaster on the network. 
So although we talked about how crazy Stephen A is and how you can't really listen to him, ESPN mm-hmm. likes that he is being Uncle Ruckus on their network. So it is profitable. They like clowns. Clown. They like clowns. Yeah. It is clowns. profitable for black people um, to show their butt in front of white folks. Mm. Yeah. Wow. He get, he's getting $8 million a year. And telling Ka- Colin Kaepernick to be quiet. <laughs> you be quiet and just take the job and take the money. It's like, clown, please. Now, okay, so Kanye West and Joel Osteen has teamed up for a Sunday service at the televangelist Houston's mega church. Now, they said that, um, I, I think they said he's going to be there for 11 a.m. service and for about 15 to 20 minutes. And um, he'll talk to Kanye about his journey into the faith. Now, hmm. now Joel, Joel um, Jim Jones Osteen is what I like to call him. His name is about 500 grand to be there. Now, if you know wow. anything about manipulating black folks, I tell you this. Sometimes it costs you money to parade a clown out in front of everybody. But if you fall for yeah. that nonsense. I would immediately change churches at that point. If if you didn't hey. know that Joel Osteen was Jim Jones's cousin, then technically, oh, I'm sorry, allegedly, his cousin, because we don't know that. Wow. Yeah, yeah. it's gonna be it's gonna be a nice service. Bless anybody. We we know we're gonna see that on YouTube. All right. Yeah, I asked I asked my nieces yesterday. I said, "Are you going to that service?" They were like, "For what?" I was like, "Okay, dear." Yeah, yeah. You know what? If you want to go see the circus, go see a real one. <laughs> that clown really? show ain't gonna be. That is not gonna come wow. with um, any kind of um, what, what do you call it? Like, there's gonna be no tiger jumping through hoop stuff. That clown show is gonna be a little <laughs> bit different. Yeah. That's gonna come with. You know what that that clown show is gonna come with? Paying tithes. They're gonna send that basket around yeah. about twelve times. They're like, in case you oh, forget on your way out, you. Yeah. Hit the ATM, which is conveniently located at both doors when you come in. <laughs> <laughs> that's what that's going to sound like. <laughs> <laughs> right. I'm, I'm going to stop before old these people start calling in. <laughs> they get a little sensitive. <laughs> now, the, the Black News Channel, which is a Tallahassee-based cable um, news network, is launching, or has launched two days ago, on, Mar- on November 15th. And it's being backed by um, some Palestinian-American billionaire who owns the Jacksonville Jaguars. Now, here's a full disclosure. The guy who's in in charge of programming is kind of a mentor of mine, and I know him really well. So that might be kind of dope. I'll have to check out the Black News Channel. Although, the people who own the Black News Channel all have faith in them were squat. (laughs) But that's a whole other story. (laughs) I can't remember who it is. What is it? Um, um, the guy who played, or who was a congressman, he played football, and um, he was he's a Republican. But anyway, this conservative people. Alan Page. Alan Page. No, 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 no. I like Alan Page. Um, I can't remember. Oh gosh, I can't remember his name. But anyway, so it's it's, it's going to be. Who? Are you talking about a white dude? No, no, no. I'm talking about the black dude. Remember, um, I keep thinking Rodney Pete, but it's not Rodney Pete. 
what is his name? Um, he played football. And um, he's a conservative, and he actually um, was in Congress for years. He was there doing Newt Gingrich in them time. But anyway, ah, it'll, it'll hit me later. But that should be interesting to watch. And remember, it's still going to be pretty conservative because the head of the network or head of the station is conservative. And one thing we should have talked about, and I'm sorry I didn't, was Byron Allen's lawsuit that was in the Supreme Court this week. Is um, Yes. Yes. Nobody is talking about this, but Mm-mm. Comcast, and if you can grab a clip of this for Net Show, Jay, it would be cool to hear Byron Allen talk about what Comcast and him calling them evil for what they're doing, and he called okay. out their CEO, okay. and, um, you know, those guys are trying to get rid of the Civil Rights Act because Comcast does not want to open up their books to show that they – don't pay any black broadcasters to broadcast on Comcast. Now, for your foreigners and people who are listening to this who think that black people are just complaining, this is how this goes. The FCC opened up the cable networks and said, you can have X amount of new channels, but you have to have some kind of minority-owned channels inside of this to get your expansion. Well, how Comcast and um, Charter and Spectrum and all of those guys have done how they've done this is that they've gotten black broadcasters and if you if you don't know BET is owned by Viacom so that's not black owned and if you look at OWN the Oprah Winfrey network that's not owned by Oprah it's a 50-50 deal with Discovery Networks and um, Hmm. what is um, what is Puffy's Puffy's is um, Aspire no are they Aspire? Revolt TV is Puffy's network, and that's a deal between him and Comcast. And um, Aspire TV with Magic Johnson, that's another deal, I think, between Cox or Comcast and Magic Johnson. So none of those guys are 100% black-owned, and they were obligated for the FCC um, to get black-owned um, broadcasters in there, and they did not do it. So they're probably going to put this black news network on. Because they don't have any. So Byron Allen was going to expose them because taking them to court requires them to open up their books. So in turn, they they sued Byron Allen to get the Supreme Court to knock down the civil rights legislation in 1865 so that he could not sue them. That's why Byron hmm. Allen is calling them evil. Whoa. Because they would rather not have any civil rights legislation so they're not allowed to be sued to show that they are actually spending zero money with black people. <laughs> but keep up that fight. Wow. Brian, Allen, Brian Allen is spending millions of dollars of his own money. You want to talk about a true billionaire? It is not Jay-Z. That's the one. Jay-Z's partnership, even with his liquor company, is with another company, with Tidal. Um, he owns Tidal, and that's with another company. It's like Google or Apple or somebody. He has partnerships that's allowing him to have assets. Byron Allen owns the Weather Channel, which he paid $300 million for, and it's worth a billion anyway. And he owns that outright. But Byron Allen is a true billionaire. Didn't know that. Man, I'm still stuck on this football player thing. All right, man, listen. Uh, Is it Lynn Swan? Lynn Swan? Lynn Swan? No. No. It is. J.C. Watts? J.C. Watts. There you go. I knew it was a southern right. from like Oklahoma, right? Isn't that who he played for? Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. I think he used to play for uh then he played for I think he played for the Sooners, I think. 
Yeah, I think okay. it was Oklahoma. Yeah, Oklahoma Sooners, yeah. Yes. No, I, I said pro, didn't I? Okay. He wasn't pro. J.C. Watts didn't go into pros, did he? Yeah, no, no, no. Actually, you threw me off. You said that. Yeah, I mean, he I'm went. Sorry, um, yeah, it was Jason he played. Scott. I think he. I, I think he played in the in the Canadian Football League, but I don't think yeah. he ever made it to the NFL. Yeah, yeah. No he played NFL, quarterback. You know, he wasn't letting quarterbacks in. <laughs> right, and he's it's still right. a conservative. Like, he's like, that's all right. He shouldn't have let me in. I'm black. <laughs> like that's Jason Watt. <laughs> 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 that's the Uncle Ruckus joke. It's like, I, I know it's wrong, but I understand. <laughs> like, he was like, okay, fine. You know. Now, uh, now, uh, oh, Caitlin Sewell, I forgot this one, the assistant general counsel for the University of North Texas, she resigned her post on Friday. It was less than 24 hours after she used the N-word doing a free speech <laughs> event called When Hate Comes to Campus. So she thought... She can get up on stage and say things like the N-word at a, <laughs> when hate comes to campus. And then she was like, oh, my bad. I didn't know I couldn't say that. <laughs> she was at a, Really? She Come was on. the general counsel for North Texas. <laughs> and she said wow. she used offensive slow slur as an example of protected free speech. Well, However. Yes, yes. <laughs> So, however, when it sparked outrage of the audience members, the university announced her resignation in a statement to the students <laughs> saying, the language is never condoned by our community. Now, you're free to say it, but you're free to leave. It's pretty much the flow really? of that story. Really? Yeah, no. yeah that was a wow. nice try, though, wasn't it? Yes, it was. She gave it a good try. Give it to her. <laughs> hey, that's all we can do is say you, you get Give a, a, a little effort. effort. What'd you say? Give it to her and show her the door right after you do that. you say it? Oh, I know. Uh, you know, since we're in overtime, I was gonna not do this do this new story, but so you know it's gonna get a little bad. Um, you know, electric toothbrushes should not be used for sex toys. I just want to say this: a gynecologist oh, <laughs> warns after hearing women come up with a novel use for them. So Ann Henderson, who's a gynecologist. She said that toothbrushes should not be used for anything other than cleaning your teeth, and neither the head or the handle is suitable for pleasure. Oh, wow. That's Jay's public service announcement, so he can get me out of here. Jay's like, wait, wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> I, hey, sometimes, Jay, you got to do public service wow. announcements. Just kind of, wow. just, just kind of wow. nice thing to have. Wow, wow. Yeah, yeah. Just don't, just don't do it. You know? Really? Hey God, I don't even know how to move on from that one too fast, but here's, no, here's no, another one. You can't. L, L Magazine in Germany did apologize for a racist back-to-black issue, which claimed that models of color are in fashion again. And they confused one Wait, black what? woman with another black woman inside the magazine, and they said that th- we are now aware of how problematic this is. This is definitely has been a learning experience for us, and we apologize for making anyone feel hurt or offended. <laughs> Oh, that, that 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 says it all. Yeah, yeah. Oh, you know, and and the white Starbucks regional manager who oversaw that Philly store when two black yeah. men were arrested last year files a right. suit claiming that she was fired for racial bias. Shannon Phillips oh claimed that God. she and other white employees were discriminated against by Starbucks after the arrest of two black men in their store last year. 
So we discriminate against you, but you didn't fire us because we was white. <laughs> like that. See, wow. like, we cannot win for losing in this piece. It's like, okay, you know what? You can, you can discriminate against somebody, and we fired you, and you can sue us for discriminating against you. Wow, right. that, that's ridiculous. Yeah. Now, um, uh, Ohio woman who's 49 was mauled to death by both of her aggressive Great Danes. Now, I didn't know Great Danes were that doggone dangerous, but she was found dead really? in her home with a uh, with a bloodied baseball bat. Now, I don't think the Great Danes used it. I think she was trying to beat them off her. <laughs> so Mary Matthews, who's 49, of Waynesville, Ohio, was killed by both of her Great Danes, and police said um, she she was an alcoholic and may have been impaired to call for help. She was too drunk oh, to fight them dogs off is what it was. Oh, really? That's it? Yeah. That says it all. <laughs> yeah. You know. Wow. Um, all right. So, you know, there's a um, a JetBlue worker caused outrage with a picture that uh, appeared on social media. She was dressed like a homeless person, and she said that she was trying to get back to Puerto Rico or Cuba or Cuba and was begging for money. That's what she did during Halloween, so she posted it. And, um, you know, people are calling for them to fire her. She was holding a plastic cup with a few coins in it, carrying a sign with a caption saying, homeless, need help to get back to Puerto Rico or Cuba. That, my friend, is what's called white privilege. You can't see what's wrong with that. Really? Really? You're welcoming people onto a plane while you're doing that. Oh, you got to be – oh, my God. Yeah, she was at the gate. Oh my God! She was what is the wrong with people? Your hey. ass should have been fired. She should have. Colin Kaepernick can't take a knee, but this half nope. can can sit at a at a at a at a, at a, a gate talking about need money to get back to. Oh my God! Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wow. She, that is white privilege, man. That is privilege. When you think that that ain't nothing wrong with that. I was it was just joking. <laughs> it, it was just a joke. Oh, and for um, Vanessa's friend who said that, um, you know, she didn't want to watch the hearings because of um, because uh, it was taken away from her soap opera. Hopefully, she wasn't watching Days of Our Lives because yeah, um, there's a report that, out that, huh? <laughs> What'd you say? They canceled that one. They canceled. Yeah, that exactly. Out, I was gonna say they have terminated their contracts of the entire cast, <laughs> and um, TV Line reported that the stars were told not to come back to the soap opera. Is heading on hiatus um, at the end of the month. So technically, you're not really missing anything if you watch, if that's the soap that you was watching. So Kathleen, uh, Kathleen, geez. Uh, so Vanessa, whenever they do that, just send them the clip of Days of Our Lives. Um, you know, <laughs> of the Days of Our I'm Lives really. cast. Now, a woman wow. who was 19 is give, gave birth at a French nightclub after partying till 5 a.m. Now, again. Why was she at the club when she was about to give birth at 5.30 a.m.? <laughs> but the club said because of the exposure, the child now has a free um, entry for life. So, <laughs> What about now, drinks? No, no, no drinks? <laughs> oh, no, I don't think they... <laughs> I didn't even think about that. But you can't drink? Hey, they can pay the door, but them drinks, man, that's it. they should try to work that in there. Wow. <laughs> you going to let me in, give me some drinks. Really? <laughs> now, um, I'm sorry, Jay, I'm just going off. Jay, are you okay? <laughs> We're going late. 
I just looked at the time. Yeah, we're fine. Yeah. Hey, we're good, man. I mean, you know, hey, I'll let you end it when you're ready to end it. <laughs> okay, wait. Now, okay. So, in Eastern Tennessee State University campus, they found flyers that said it was okay to be white flyers around campus. So, it includes, at the, at the memorial of the school's first black student, um, the flyers were bearing white supremacist messages cropped with, at, around various locations on their campus in Johnson City, Tennessee. So, they, they wow. want you to know this fight. Okay, well, I mean, it's okay to be white, whatever. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's white privilege right there. You don't know that yeah. already? <laughs> like, <Really>? you, <laughs> you, still, you still don't get it? All right. <laughs> for the third year in a row, life expectancy uh, for the average American has fallen, according to the latest data from the City Center of Disease Control and Prevention. Um, life expectancy declined for Americans as a whole in two out of the last three years. So, mm. there we go. And, and by the way, they said recent reports have found an uptick in overdose deaths amongst black Americans. They had to throw that in there, right? Uh, yeah, wow. But, yeah, but the death of poor white men in the U.S. continue to make up a disproportionate number of deaths. So they're saying that most of the death was bringing down the death toll. It's not the death of black people, it's the death of white folks. Okay, so I don't know what that means exactly, but apparently um, somebody needs to say something. Yeah. I think that's where they was going with that. <laughs> they, they wanted to let us know that we should um, feel some kind of way. Okay, now, um, you know, Trump's man in Europe gets a $1 million house upgrade. So the guy who we're talking about with the impeachment hearings, Gordon Son- um, Sonnenland, I guess is how he's Sonnenland or something. Right. He oversees mm-hmm. the taxpayer-funded refurbished of a Brussels home, including $400,000 on two kitchens, $82,000 on a bathroom, and $95,000 on an outdoor living pod. So Gordon Sonderland, wow. who's the U.S. ambassador of the EU, was also in going to be brought back for lying, who updated his statement to the impeachment commission. Um, he wanted to change his Brussels residence after arriving last June um, before requesting a long list of improvements, which is a million dollars worth of improvements. <laughs> they should be talking to him about that. Really? But again, again, I digress. Now, new uncovered tax documents show that Trump kept two sets of books in his New York City skyscraper, one for lenders and the other for inspectors. And many have committed financial fraud. The newly uncovered tax documents from Donald Trump revealed um, inconsistencies that would point to financial fraud. So ProPublica reviewed the documents and saw some of the fudging of the numbers. So this is why he is scared of New York State. Again, that dude's moving to Russia as soon as he get up out of it. If he can get up out of there fast yeah, enough. Yeah, he said it. He said <laughs> as soon as I'm He's down in office, I'm moving to Florida. I, I'm done. He said nobody's going to see him after. <laughs> yeah. You better. Yeah. I, I can understand why, too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, Gladys Knight is going to have to um, change her song, leaving <laughs> on that midnight change to Georgia. <laughs> He's not going on no train. <laughs> no, going he, to yeah, he can nap out of there. <laughs> yeah. Now, um, uh, SS guard, who's 93... Accused of being the cog in Nazi Germany's 
Nazi Germany's murderous machine has been brought to court in a wheelchair, and he went he undergoes tra- trial of being an accessory to 5,230 killings. He's 93. Right? You know how they tell us to get yeah. over stuff? That dude is... Yeah. <laughs> he killed... He, he, that, what they're saying is that he abetted the death of 5,230 people when he worked at this camp um, in Germany. Mm. They come get who wow. they want to come get, don't they? Yes, they do. Jesus. Now, <laughs> man. That's now, crazy. um, what you say? That's crazy. Yeah. Wow. That is crazy. Now, a husband cut off um, a rapist, um, cut off his Johnson after seeing his wife being sexually assaulted near her home in the Ukraine, and faces a longer wow. sentence than her attacker. So, wow. yeah, the, the guy drug her into the bush, bushes, carried out a rape. Her husband found him and cut it off with a, a Swiss Army knife. I think they should let him go. Exactly. I, he yeah, I can't believe that he is being brought up on charges because of that. It's like, hey, it was in the moment. He sexually right. assaulted her. Right. Yeah. Now, a female high school teacher who's 28, I, I'll do two more, Jay, because... I know we're getting late, but good Lord, I didn't realize this is late. All right, a female high school teacher who's 28 was accused of repeatedly having sex with a 16-year-old male student, and that's in um, New Samaria Beach High School in Florida, has been arrested and charged with unsexual um, activity with a minor, and a female therapist who's 43 was charged with having sex with a vulnerable male patient during their $200 an hour sessions after she falsely Mm. accused him of rape. She, it, this happened in Minnesota um, wow. with, uh, wow. yeah, her, her, his therapist was sleeping with him, and um, she she said that he raped her. Wow. Wow. All right. So, so here here's one more since, you know, we don't want to leave on a bad note. You know, MIT researchers want to build a database of human excre- excrement. And they're asking people to send them photos of their bowel movement for analysis. So 79,000 people around the world defecate at any given time. The new technology company wants 100,000 of them um, willing to, you know, um, willing to turn around and take a picture after they finish to send it to them. I'm not going to give you the name of the country, the company, because I think it's too disgusting. But I just thought I'd share that because that's in the news. Thank you very much. Wow. (laughs) Thank you. And on that note, <laughs> I hope you guys enjoyed the extended edition and I guess the unedited edition of On the Nature with my main man, Mr. Jerome Esprit. I tell you, I love it. It was good stuff, boy. I tell you what. I can't wait to hear, can't wait to read the comments throughout the week on this one. Uh, but anyway, all right, man, appreciate you. Appreciate you. Appreciate you. Hey, well, I did. <laughs> I did. That's for sure. I learned something new. <laughs> yeah, well. All right, guys. So, look, have a great work week. Uh, like I said, most of you guys listen to us in overtime anyway, so this is probably a treat for you. Because I remember this lady sent me an email a long time ago. Told you, show needs to be longer than two hours. No, it does not. So now you have extra time to just ah, relax and just take it all in. We appreciate you. Fellas, <laughs> y'all have a great work week, and we will see you back here you next too, week brother. right here on the serious side of the J. Rouse Show. Ha, ha, ha.
You are listening to the TJRS Radio Network. 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 Network.